0: Predicons stole the golden disc. Maximals came after them and they crashed both their ships. Landed on the earth with two moons.
1: To the War and Beast podcast, the podcast that when all else fails,
2: fart jokes. I'm (laughs) Greg. I'm Emily. I'm Jordan,
0: and I'm Kendall. And this week's episode, germ warfare has never been so funny.
1: (laughs) Yes, this week we are uh, reviewing. It's episode. Oh my god, I lost count. It's episode twenty two, isn't it?
2: Uh, Sounds right. I think that's right. Yes.
1: Yeah. Episode twenty two, the low road.
3: I knew
2: the even title is a far the joke. Number. yeah yeah I, <laughs> I, I think it's even been joked the low brow road yeah yeah
3: yeah th- th- that's pretty apt description yeah.
1: as everybody can tell, we've got some opinions on this episode, but uh yeah, so
2: like i i like I said, like there's some good lines, but the tone, just the tone there's
3: I, i'll I'll just say this the The Japanese version, which is a parody version of the main series, probably didn't have to do a lot of work to <laughs> paradise this
0: good point
3: i don't know very I actually point.
0: liked the episode
3: I knew you were going to. Like
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> i mean <laughs> no i i i and not i don't hate it it's bad it's just a very drastic switch from what we've seen the last couple of times uh-huh. yeah.
3: there's there's one joke that I imagine you guys kind of liked. But that kind of soured the whole episode for me when I was kind of enjoying it before it. And that's probably just me. But like, because there was there was some there was some parts where I'm like, yeah, this is like different, but it's pretty good slapstick. And mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> Indeed,
1: so, we shall.
0: So before I read from IMDb, I'd like to um, give you a little bit of history here. So you
1: were hinting at something earlier before we so, um, started recording.
0: I, I was thinking, you know, this is a show about history, about, you know, prehistoric era. And, uh, I was wondering, um, you know, from a pop culture standpoint or from a historian, uh, anthropological standpoint, when did the fart joke originate? Oh, no. <laughs> now, <laughs> apparently, um, and, uh, this is actually, if you Google world's oldest fart joke, there are several, uh, like notable news organizations, uh, Reuters, NPR.org, BBC, and, uh, Reddit that all, oh, yeah. <laughs> one of these things that- is not like the other. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just read the top four and I realized one of them was Reddit. So I thought it'd be funny. Um, <laughs> although I should have made that the third, the third one on the list because the rule of three, uh, but apparently, oh. but apparently not, yeah you know, I'm not a, I'm not a comedic genius. Uh, but, so uh the it actually is not just the oldest fart joke. It is the world's oldest recorded joke. Was uh in 1900 BC uh the in ancient Samaria the joke was something which has never occurred since time immemorial. A young woman did not fart in
3: her husband's lap.
0: So that's the joke. It's really funny. Um or <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I feel really bad for far fetishes back then, because they probably were very upset <laughs> <Bad> about that. <laughs> or
0: or um, actually, the NPR story, um, the, the person was, you know, said, you know, if you change it, it doesn't sound that different from a, from a, a terrible hack comedian uh, making a modern joke. And then they, they played. I'm pretty sure it was Jim Belushi or John. Who's the one that's not funny? Jim Belushi. Right. John Belushi is the, is the, was on Saturday night live and everything. Jim Belushi is the one that's not funny. Um, but he, uh, but they said, they, they played a clip of him saying, you ever notice how a woman doesn't fart in front of you until you're married. And that's, that's basically what that joke was. So, yeah. So, uh, just, you know, just wanted to share that information. Uh, if you're ever, you know, at a cocktail party and, and it comes up, <laughs> you're like, you know, I heard on, I heard on this podcast, uh, they were citing BBC and NPR.
1: You know, we are totally stealing Edumacation's stick right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't sue us, Kevin Smith. What? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know what that was. What is that?
1: Edumacation is a podcast hosted by Kevin Smith and Andy McHelfrish, where the the premise is they give like little tidbits of of uh, uncommon knowledge. And uh, say that, oh, yeah, you can use this at cocktail parties and that sort of thing. So.
0: <laughs> Makes sense. Well, I think that that's, I mean, that's, that's, a, there are a lot of podcasts podcasts like that. I used to listen to, uh, I, I think, oh, was, was it called like dinner, dinner party something on NPR? And it was like literally like a couple of, they would talk about a couple of things that you could talk about at a dinner party, but I can't remember what it was. I can't, now I can't remember what it's called. Oh, well. The NPR podcasts don't need more promotion. Um, <laughs> so, going into the uh, IMDb trivia for this episode, um, this is Scott McNeil's favorite episode from the series. Who's Scott McNeil
3: again?
1: Scott the McNeil. Of and, okay. Uh, Dinobot. And Dinobot and Rat Trap and Silver Bolt.
3: Okay. Okay. <laughs> of yeah. course,
1: it's his favorite episode. He probably got paid the most for this episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, because he's Rat Trap and Dinobot.
1: Yeah, he basically okay. bantered back and forth with himself <laughs> for most of the episode. Okay, I
0: could see that. I could definitely see why that would be his his favorite episode. Yeah, um, he's,
3: he's he's really good though, because you can he can't even tell. Like, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, really, yeah, legitimately. I mean, they're both kind of cartoony voices, but of course, now I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to hear it, and then oh. you guys are going to have ruined Beast Wars for me. Sorry, um, so let's see. Rat Trap and Dinobot temporarily stay in the air before their fall. With Rat Trap's gun is left... With Rat Trap's gun is left hanging in the air. Okay, that's bad grammar.
3: I, I know what they mean, though. <laughs> There's a scene where yeah. they, they fall in a hole and his yeah. gun gets left hanging in the air yeah. and later on he just has it again.
0: So. Yeah. And, and it's just saying that that's paying homage to Looney Tunes, uh, particularly Wile E. Coyote. Oh.
2: Does, does, it, does the IMDb also met, er, mention how tarantulas kind of skittering away is also kind of like road runner and, and uh Wily e. coyote ish kind of thing. Uh, no, it didn't, it didn't say that. Yeah. Cause there's like a scene where like you hear a slide slide, uh slide whistle when he takes up and runs oh, and, heh. and it's, and it's very likened to, yeah. you know, the meat meat boom kind of thing.
0: This was a that very, was a- this was definitely a very Looney Tunesy episode. In addition yeah, to the, yeah. in addition to the, the joking about germ warfare and the fart joke, um, uh, to, to Rat Trap calls Dinobot a pre-evolved bird brain. This alludes to scientific discovery that birds evolved from drummer so dinosaurs, i.e., <laughs> raptars, <laughs> raptars, raptors like Dinobot. Raptar. Uh, <laughs> um, Reptar. Dino. Oh wow, I missed. <laughs> I missed this joke. That's f- a funny joke. Um, Dinobot speaks of Silicon Valhalla. This is yes. uh, a mix of Valhalla and Silicon Valley. <laughs> yep um okay the japanese title was better japanese title was called stop the kobayashi or stop the sneezes wait a second so kobayashi maru is the is a sneeze thing no no. are you oh my god (laughs) i thought it was kushami it well i mean I'm reading from IMDb and it says stop the Kobayashi's K-O-B-A-Y-A-S-H-I. So, huh. I mean, that's probably <laughs> wrong. You're probably right. But, um, you know, I stand by my source.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Well,
1: if we have any listeners that are able to confirm it, please let us know.
0: It, I, I'm going to need – When you guys are talking later, I'm going to have to look up and see if Kobayashi Maru actually means something in Japanese, like something specific,
2: because that's the kind of thing that 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 it does. A lot of, from what I remember, like a lot of names tend to do have like, they can mean things because they use kanji and kanji can have so many multiple meanings. That's true.
0: Hmm. Because it's an unwinnable scenario. Maybe this, maybe this episode was just an unwinnable scenario. (laughs) And and and, uh, and so and so, uh, um, Rynox reprogrammed the simulator to let him fart. Um, <laughs> after the dust settles and the Maximals blast into Tranzila's lab, they're all in the position of a famous Star Wars episode four, A New Hope, theatrical poster, complete with Areser half on the ground at Primal's feet, with one hand affectionately placed on his leg. <laughs> this uh, shot is a parody of the stereotypical heroic entr- entrance slash posturing. Once Rat Trap walks under and through Megatron's legs and undermines the moment, as evidenced by the musical score, Eraser can be seen standing normally with the other Maximals.
3: So that's, yeah. a nice, yeah. that's a nice, nice touch. I that was the that was the joke. That was the part of him. Did well with me.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I saw it. and I was like, wait, what?
0: I thought yeah, it was great. Why? That's the point of this that's episode. Is wait, so what?
3: not Eraser. it's like. But like you didn't have to do that. <laughs> you could have just had them all stand heroically, and it would have been the same but it, effect. Of it, a, yeah. But it's a parody. You what would have been funny. It was not, like over the top. Not, it's sick. It's just straight up like objectifying her for a joke, and it's like uh, cool. I didn't even think
0: she was. I don't know. I I didn't think her her position was that. Uh, like just hanging onto his leg. I mean, like he's a little bit, because as, a reference to the, as a reference to the poster, but I yeah, mean, she was the, actually the, not as... Yeah, and the poster as... in
3: general is, like, pretty sexist.
1: <laughs> mm. no, 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 So, I, all things considered, when you look at A New Hope, Leia was anything but a sex... Well, I mean, as far as cinnamon buns for hair and a white dress goes, but, you know, for the most and part... You know, George Lucas didn't want
3: her re- wearing underwear because... Because there's, there's no, no, underwear, there's in
1: no underwear in space. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But uh, you know what I would have found funny? If uh, you had that sort of pose with Tigertron and Eraser in the background, but Eraser was the one in <laughs> the heroic pose and Tigertron was the one. That
3: would have been good. Cool. That would have been a <laughs> thing on its head. That would have that been,
1: okay. been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
0: eh, I, I'm happy to see any reference to Star Wars. That's true.
1: <laughs> well, you're happy with any reference to Star Trek, too.
3: Not, I mean, yeah. it, it could specifically be Star Wars, but there's a lot of different posters that have that. Oh god! Yeah. They they all have
0: a, they all have that as a reference to the Star Wars poster, though. No. <laughs> well, I was going to say, wasn't there a it's Flash a Gordon story, poster, that poster. Sort of like that? <laughs> I mean, usually it's a reference to. Usually, when you see that, it, it may it, there may be a Star Wars may have been referencing a Flash Gordon specifically. Flash Gordon, since they were since it was inspired by that, but I mean. generally speaking 32,000
3: years BC came up before like that was a movie and I'm pretty sure it has the exact same pose on it I appreciate that pose predates Star Wars by like a lot trying to find out what happened
1: (laughs) maybe it wasn't Flash Gordon but yeah I I keep thinking I want to say it was more than just Star Wars that had it but yeah anyway (laughs) moving on what do we what else do we have from IMDb there Kendall
0: Uh, that is all we got
2: okay okay Um, I'm sorry, I'm just rereading this one continuity note from the TF wiki, and it starts, when the rhino fart shakes the globe.
1: (sighs) Yeah.
2: Just just that phrase right there. Anyways. When we uh, get to that
1: scene, it reminded me of Dragon Ball Z,
3: almost.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The epicenter is clearly in Africa, providing more evidence for the show being set there. And in fact, uh, it appears to be in the middle of the Sahara. Which would have been less arid in prehistoric times of beast wars than it is today, mm-hmm. thus giving us maybe another clue of like where that possibly in time they are. Another mm-hmm. foreshadowy, interesting tidbit here is that uh, Black Arachnia mentions that Tarantula encrypted all the information on his computers, mm-hmm. meaning that he might have something to hide. Yep. Let's see. Um, trying to find one. There was another. Uh, Dang it! There was another really f- funny one in here, and I can't f- where where it was. Oh, uh, apparently, Rat Trap's bio mentions his de- de- his predisposition to eating garbage. So the so before back. before the- he was a rat, I guess. I mean, it, it's the toy bio, so it's taken from like the you know from him as 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 the rat Rat Trap.
1: Why would a robot eat trash?
2: Um, maybe they thought it was better than using plutonium to power themselves.
1: I suppose. Just seems a little weird. Although maybe they got like the what's the name of that thing that Doc Brown has at the end of the first?
2: Back yeah, that's to the future that's movie. what I was alluding to.
1: Like a Mister Fusion or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose maybe that could work.
2: Um, there's two two mentions of rather interesting hat st- things going on here, including Rhinox's uh, bear hat style contraption, which I think <laughs> we'll get to when we see it. Yeah, And also how Rattrap wears a hard hat. Yes. Which, I guess with the exposed brain, metal brain on his head, that wouldn't make sense that he would do that.
1: Yeah, sort of. Was still uh, pretty funny to see.
2: Let's see. And then uh, let's was it oh here's here's a good uh there's a quick there's a quick shot uh in Tarantula's lab. you can see a dart riddled picture of megatron
1: yes i did see that
2: <laughs> um and i mentioned this earlier off mic but i'll say it again here that writer bob ford summed up the reaction to this episode thusly after 15 years and a couple of hundred scripts i will be remembered forever for our rhinoceros fart pretty much and that's pretty much what we got from the TF wiki. Yeah. I mean, besides uh, some of the things that uh, Kendall mentioned.
1: Okay. Well, so there's all of our tidbits for the episode. It's probably high time that we actually get into the episode. <laughs> so, the the episode starts with, rather than space for once, uh, we are sort of in a rocky sort of area. We've got a bunch of vines with what apparently are giant beans growing on these vines? And as it turns out, this is—I think it's behind the Maximal base. It's sort of like,
2: yeah, I think it is behind.
1: Yeah. So, so we're sort of going through the vines, and we then cut to Rat Trap, who is that Optimus's sword that he's using?
2: Yes, he he borrowed it, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. totally Optimus's sword. I noticed that.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he's using Optimus's sword to chop away at these vines. And as he's chopping,
2: some of them grow towards him. Or
1: yeah, that
2: was kind of ugh.
1: yeah, it was a bit creepy. But uh, he he makes mention how he had signed up to be an explorer, an adventurer. You know, your basic galactic hero. He's like, and since when does that include gardening duty? <laughs> so he he's going along cutting at them, and then we then cut to to Dinobot, who who's having a bit more success with it because he's got the rotor blades. So he actually has something that's resembling like a lawnmower or a weed whacker and he's chopping through them pretty good. And he makes mention that, um, that these wild, wild bean vines can provide cover for a Predacon ambush. So one must always be alert for sneak attacks. And it's funny because the, this is just the first instance that we get of the slapstick in the episode. Cause as he says that he's sort of looking around and he, he plunges his rotor into the ground and bends over and starts collecting up these vines that he's. Cut. And there's a
3: super close <laughs>
2: shot of Dinobot's ass. The
1: yes. whole screen. <laughs> yeah. And See, and I then I just
2: imagined that was uh, Trap's point of view. Yeah, <laughs> just checking him <them> out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so Ratrap sort of gets the idea in his head as he sees, you know, Dinobot sort of there in an awkward position. He's like, hmm, funny. That's just what I was thinking. And he winds up teeing off on one of these beans with Optimus's sword and manages to nail Dinobot right in the butt and sends him flying forward into the vines. And he's like, ah, I got you. And he's trying to joke around. Of course, Dinobot being Dinobot completely flips out. And it's almost... You almost get a cloud of smoke and them starting to fight. Like I was almost anticipating that sort of thing where you see the cloud of smoke yeah. in Looney Tunes, but instead he, he, he launches himself at rat trap. They go off screen and you see this, the screen shaking a bit and you hear the sounds of them arguing and fighting. <laughs> and then we cut inside and we've got Rhinox looking at a radar map and he's detected three Predacons that are coming towards the base. Um is about to activate set, the Sentinel and Optimus pipes up, saying, "No, Dinobot and Rat Trap are still outside." So, Rhinox then tries to radio them in, telling them to return to base.
3: Which I guess only Rattrap hears, because Dinobot's just like, unless he's just like blind with rage, he just doesn't, and ignores
1: that. <laughs> well, that could be too, because uh, so because Dinobot at this point has his sword almost to Rat Trap's neck, while Rat Trap is trying to brace himself on Dinobot's chest to keep him off of him and and he's like no can do big guy or big green rather he's like I've got problems of my own so <laughs> so, so we then cut back inside the base and Rhinox gets up from his chair he's got one of his guns and he's like I'm going outside <laughs> and he's very matter of fact with it nobody of course questions it and he runs off and we then cut to the Predacons and Here's Inferno, so we finally get Inferno back. Yeah, yeah. and he's going nuts. Although he doesn't really say anything, he's just sort of screaming exactly. madly. Yeah, it's
2: kind of his thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's just shooting wildly, and
2: I, I, I think we—he just just loves his job so much. Pretty much.
1: Well, he's he's doing it for the glory and honor of the royalty. So, <laughs> you know, if the royalty's happy, then he's happy. But. So he, we, we then cut from the Predacons. We cut back to Dinobot and Rattrap. We're still pretty much fighting it out, outside. And then we get an explosion behind them. They both realize, uh-oh, something's going on. And Rattrap's like, we're under attack. And Dinobot's like, oh, really? And then, no, wait, swap, swap that around. Dinobot says that they're under attack. Rattrap says, oh, really? And then he manages to kick him off finally. It says, got any more astute observations there, Lizard Lips? And then we finally get Rhinox, who who comes down this ramp. He's like, you two, inside, now, move. And Rattrap's like, you heard him. We, we got to move it. <laughs> and Dinobot, he makes mention that he doesn't run from a fight. And he literally picks up Trap by his head. <laughs> like, he, he is cupping his brain as he does this. <laughs> And it is like so awkward looking. Rat Trap is. What does he say to him? He says, "Unlike you, cheesy eater, I do not run from a battle." <laughs> and so Rat Trap sort of sticks a finger in his face, and he says, "You calling me chicken?" And he goes to try and swing at him, <laughs> and he starts spinning like a top with his head in place in Dinobots. Yeah. <laughs>
3: You oh, know. Apparently, Transformers heads can go 360 degrees,
1: and it's no
3: problem. Yeah, you should do that more often when they're fighting. You know, looking <laughs> behind. You
1: know, that's true. Mind you, it'd be kind of, probably be kind of hard to coordinate your limbs to to actually you know follow your head like the. That.
3: Maybe. Maybe that's why.
1: So we, <laughs> God, that scene that was like the first, well, probably the second instance in this episode where I'm like, uh, this isn't going to be a normal episode, is it? We get Rhinox who is literally standing in a pile of shell casings as he as he's firing off both of his guns now. And he's like, would you two get inside? I can't hold them off forever. So he keeps firing his guns and then we we sort of zoom out a bit and we've got Tarantulas who is crawling on a rock and transforms and then he's got this gun that's going to shoot this device the Predacons always seem to have these little devices that shoot out at things Mm -hmm. yeah and and this one in particular he he's aiming for Rat Trapper Dino Vibe, and he shoots it off and the thing for for the listener I'm going to try and explain it the best that I can think of it like the face hugger from the aliens movies but it's purple with metallic legs and it's got more it looks more squid like I guess you could say
2: it's got a little squeezy bellows thing on it. Yes, I mean, it looks like a big like
3: like turkey baster with legs. Pretty much. But like, like the, you, the, the, have you ever the, had
2: like one of those those toys where like it had an accordion like cylinder thing that you like punched down and it sent and it and like you put the, like a little toy car or airplane on on it on the one end and you just punched it and just the burst of air sent it flying. Yes, because
1: that's that, that's that that's
2: what that's what the middle part looks like.
1: Yeah. And so Dinobot and Trap both managed to avoid it. Actually, I think Dinobot sort of redirects it a little bit. I think it goes I off of him a little bit.
2: I thought he just kind of dodged out of the way or something. Yeah. Oh, wait, I yes. Thought, and
3: at this point, I felt like, I was like, oh, no, it's going to go for Rhinox. He didn't even do anything. Those yeah. bastards. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And actually, I'm looking. I've I've got it paused right now because yeah, Dinobot sort of falls back and it goes over him, and I managed to pause it just at the point where Rhinox falls back after it connects with him. It literally looks like like the bottom half almost looks like an alien face hugger, and the top half looks like a plunger.
3: Yeah, a little bit.
1: Yeah, and it it it's got this big straw coming out of the bottom of it, sort of. Nestled in with the legs as it's gripping his face and it is force feeding the straw into his mouth. It is very awkward looking.
3: Yeah, it, that was kind of gross. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because you got it's like it's
3: going down his throat. It's like, eh. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It, it literally force feeds him some sort of gunk. Um, and yeah, it was very awkward. Um, We then cut to to Dinobot, who sort of, you know, managed to pick himself up. He sees that Rhinox is hurt, and he goes ballistic, starts shooting Tarantulas with his eye beams and hits him, like, four times, I want
3: to say. Yeah, and he, he like, bounces. It's it's pretty silly.
2: I was expecting him, like, to hit him once into the air and then just kind of, like, keep shooting him in the air. You know, like one of those old Wild West, like, gun trick things. Yeah, that would
1: have been pretty cool. Yeah, so we we then cut back to to Trap, who is trying to get this thing off of Rhinox's face, and finally manages to pull it off. And uh, from here, they they start going inside. They sort of Cheetor sort of uh, announces Optimus, "Hey, they're inside now." And so Optimus activates Sentinel and starts shooting the guns. Doesn't really hit anybody at all, but they still make a retreat anyway. So.
3: But they say that they're, apparently their, their mission has been accomplished, so it's fine.
1: Yes. Yeah, so they're they're flying off because mission's accomplished. Um, mm-hmm. we've, we then sort of fade to black, and then we see Rhinox in the CR chamber, traps looking in on him, and Optimus uh, asks for a status report from the computer. The computer tells him that uh, he's been infected with an Energon discharge virus of unknown type. And apparently, if unchecked, his system will begin to spontaneously discharge energon reserves until depleted. <laughs> and just as Optimus asks if they can cure it, we then get Rhinox, who then sneezes and breaks open the CR chamber.
2: That poor CR chamber.
1: Yeah. And Optimus is like, never mind.
3: <laughs> is this is the point, too, where his head starts to get, like, kind of wide. Yeah. Or is that later?
2: Uh, uh, no, I think that's a, a, another... Sneezing fit he has, oh, when, yeah. and he tries to hold it in.
1: Yeah,
3: well, probably like in this first sneezing fit is a part where he, like, I guess something else happened before that, but I'll let you get to that. But there's a part where he, like, sneezes towards Dinobot, and Dinobot skitters away on all fours. And yes, he just looks so yeah, I just,
1: yeah, he looks like a cat who's like on a on a smooth surface.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, um, but yeah, Rhinox starts, uh, randomly sneezing, and he's literally sneezing whole, like, each time he sneezes, there's an energy. Sort of beam that shoots out of his mouth and, and it literally starts shooting through the walls.
2: And one of them hits uh pterosaur as they're flying away.
1: Yes, manages to get him right in his tail. And he sort of, he sort of squeals, like ah, and he's got like a smoky tail. And Oh, wait, yes, there is one instance, uh, M, where Rhinox tries to hold in the sneeze, he puts his hands over his mouth. And his head sort of expands a little bit, and this, instead yeah. of going out of his mouth, they shoot out of his non existent <laughs>
2: ears,
3: yeah, and do you mention pterosaur? Why is pterosaur still there like he he got away in the last scene well he he called like, for Terosaur. the retreat,
2: he was just being
3: no they, like I was watching so? they like they they totally like got the fuck out of there like in robot mode, and then suddenly he's like really close to the ship in dinosaur mode, like well might- pterodactyl mode I like, and it's like, what? <laughs> I
0: thought, did, wasn't he, didn't it, didn't the sneeze just go really far? It did go really far. I, but it, looks, I'm, it looks like he's still rather
1: close, though. I'm wondering if maybe he was sent back to keep an eye on things to make sure that they. That's that, the
3: only explanation that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: he, he was sent back to sort of observe and see if everything went according to plan, I guess. But yeah, he, of gets like burnt to a crisp on his butt and. Then we get Rhinox sneezing a few more times inside the base. All of the Maximals at one point are hiding under the the table that, of course, flips up in the middle of the room. Yeah. <laughs> he manages to shoot the table up. It flips, and all of them are looking underneath it. And is like, quick, go
3: to beast mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems to work for like a second.
1: Yeah. For some reason, he, he comes up with that on the fly, and everybody's like, oh, thank God.
2: <laughs> you know, organic. Organics don't. Uh... They don't get sick. Well, they don't they, <laughs> they don't. they don't
3: shoot energy
2: out of their mouths. <laughs> yeah. They are not energon.
1: Unless you're Godzilla uh,
3: systems. I don't know. That's true. Godzilla <laughs> is a factor we did not think of.
1: Yes, <laughs> but yeah. So Rhinox goes back into his beast mode. He, he for a moment, he seems like, ah, oh, that's better. And everybody's like, yeah, good thinking spots. And then Rhinox sneezes again while he's in Rhino form. <laughs> <laughs> he busts the, the the elevator that's in that room. Yeah, and then then we get Dinobots and Gazuntite, and of course uh, everybody's like, uh, "Okay, what do we do?" And so, Ron oh, is like, oh, sorry, "Isn't that
2: when? Isn't that when like uh, Primal, you know, warns him about what will happen?"
1: Yes, Optimus has a, a scanner, and it reads that he he's losing energy at a rapid pace because <laughs> he's that- shooting out
2: beams of energon.
1: Yeah, he says that his power cells, his power cells are fading fast. He's like, if we don't count, find a counter virus soon, he'll not only destroy the base but himself as well. And so everybody's like, oh, what do we do? And they're like, well, we or no, Dinobot suggests that they move him to a less critical area of the base. From there, we then cut outside, so we sort of skip ahead a few minutes, and we've got. Uh, Dinobot on a cliff in, dinos- in his dinosaur mode and Rattrap sort of climbs up behind him and grabs onto his tail to, to climb up the rest <laughs> of the way.
3: I like that part.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. I
3: wonder, uh, I wonder if Dinobot intended that or if it was just a happy accident.
1: Yeah, I want to say it might have been a happy accident because he was probably a little annoyed at it anyway. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but um, So we get a little bit of an exchange. One of the first, were one of the many, rather, for this episode between the two of them hence why i think scott mcneil really liked the episode because it was really <laughs> him talking to himself and he probably got a really good paycheck from it
2: um, i he just really liked uh, the banter he created between the two of them because i i'll admit that is like one of my favorite parts of this episode yeah is is. is is those two interacting with each other yeah it's also like the part that's the most grounded in the
3: rest of the series like that <laughs> That first fight they got in the field, I wasn't even thinking about slapstick stuff yet. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the normal episode of Beast Wars. That kind of shit happens all the time, but yeah. it gets a little bit like super cartoony later. But I think the part where like where um like when Rhinox's head kind of gets wide, I was like, okay, okay, it's a little cartoonier. And then yeah. straight up the part where um uh Tarantulas has that Looney Tunes run. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is a silly <laughs> episode.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we we get some some banter between the two of them. Uh, Rattrap is, essentially says that if they don't find this cure for Rhinox, that he's going to hold Dinobot responsible, and Dinobot essentially is like, why are you implying that I'm responsible for this cur- current situation? Because
0: you are. Yeah, he's Rat-Trap like, well, you t- started it,
1: gearhead. And, <laughs> and he's like, I beg to differ cheese lips. And then Rattrap...
2: That's a good insult.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, then we sort of cut back to the maximal base and Cheetor and wait, Optimus wait, is
2: also is that also the one where he comes with the pre-evolved bird brain and Yes. Like they're they're literally I'm just spider of adult. garbage. Yeah, just back and forth again and yep. again. Yeah,
1: and we cut to the maximal base and Cheetor listening in on the comm and he's like, Sheesh, and they call me the immature one."
3: <laughs> I like that <laughs> line. Yeah.
1: And, and of course Optimus is there too and he's like are you sure this was a good idea sending these two up together and Optimus is basically like to be honest no
2: <laughs> yeah like like, and I thought he was joking around but then he says the line that just makes me feel like what the heck are you thinking
3: yeah. yeah I mean like okay yeah like I get you're kind of mad at them but like Rhinox's life is at stake yeah yeah,
2: yeah cause he, he,
1: he makes <laughs> mention he says their squabbling has caused problems before. They'll either learn to work together or or they'll destroy each other. And he's like, Right now, I don't really care which <laughs>
0: <laughs> I bet you Rhinox cares. Well probably. Here's here's my take on it. He sees this opportunity as a situation where only one where if, if they screw up, only one person dies. And usually uh, say, uh, kill each other and
2: then you've got three
0: deaths. Yeah, yeah, but you but but usually their bickering endangers the entire team. So this is a situation where the the stakes are lower than usual. Um, <laughs> also, I've been really trying to find an example of that of that Star Wars pose from from prior to, uh, I from found prior a, to I Star actually Wars. I found a bunch. <laughs> <I can link. laughs> I, see. I'm the only one that I'm finding is the is the one by Earl Norum that was in, that
3: inspired Tom Young. Okay, so. I I found an imager album and I was gonna get to this when we got to that part of the episode, but I guess I'll do it now. First one on here is El Grande Caldo from nineteen fifty three, uh Conan the Barbarian from nineteen thirty up. Like nineteen thirties is when Conan came out, and they've had the, that's like a huge yeah. lake, lake thing. Um uh, I, I thought one Roger one Moore, ones, James Bond, seven, Moonraker. Which which was a out. that was that was nineteen
0: seventy nine specifically referencing Star um, Wars.
3: Dolomite uh, nineteen seventy five had it um star wars is like the fourth on the list here actually out of all these and when i looked up the the trope on like tv trope star wars wasn't even mentioned for the trope even though like i mean and personally it's like, the last thing i think of when i think of that trope is star wars because it, it is on the cover but it doesn't it doesn't have and she's not even like link and honestly star wars she's not even clinging onto his leg she looks a lot more heroic than it usually they do they usually do like she's got a gun uh he just happens to be higher up than she is most of these, they're like straight up clinging on to them like Razor was, and yeah, like I mean, the I trope- can see
1: the Conan one, yeah, the, yeah. The, when you mentioned Conan, I was like, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen something like that. Well, before. I think
0: that I, I mean, think the Conan it was the Con- and the Conan one was it was because the picture the one the Earl Norum picture that I saw looked like it was Conan with mm-hmm. with the skull in the background.
3: There's a lot of them with Conan, uh-huh. but that's that's <laughs> one of them, yeah. Uh, and and like when you look at the TV. I mean, like, I, again, I think I don't think Star Wars is even that bad for it, how they depicted it. But, um, I mean, like, the, the trope on TV Tropes is described, the leg cling, as, like, um, it depicts muscle-bound man in a dominant pose, attractive woman, literally clinging to one of his legs. After all, men are strong, women are pretty, the man is always a hunk, and often is depicted shirtless, to reinforce how tough he is, with a cocky expression, and a phallic weapon in one hand, and the woman is just... Uh, almost always half-naked in a sexualized manner with a helpless expression and posture that reinforces her submissiveness. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole point of the trope is, is sexism. I mean, like, I, 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 I... And it's a classic pose, and, like, I've seen it done in, like, funny ways and stuff, and I and I get that's what they were going for, but I just feel like Ares is a badass. She just shouldn't be Clinging onto Optimus's leg at any time. (laughs) Well, Princess leia's a badass. I mean, but she's not clinging onto Luke's leg. She's lower than him. I'm looking at the poster right now. Which are you looking at the at
0: the the Herm brothers, the the Style A or the or the Tom Young version?
3: Um, I can't really tell honestly. Like, it's got it's got Leia. She's below Luke, who's got his like lightsaber into the sky, making like this. Um, like trip, it's it's like a three way cross thing, but not really quite a cross because of where it's placed. And she's got a gun out, and she's like got her hand on her hip, and she's lower than him, but she's not actually like clinging onto his leg. Okay,
1: um, I'm trying to find this poster.
0: Okay, no, no, you're right. No, she's 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 leaning on his leg.
1: Yeah,
0: and there it's is a version where she's there is a version where she's clinging to his leg. I I, I know I know that. Um, and
3: I I don't know like I maybe mean,
0: the it may be the Star Wars Special Edition poster.
3: I don't like it, but it was like the seventies. It's a little bit more. It's not forgivable, but I can understand why how that could happen. Then, but like yeah, I don't
0: know. I mean, with, I, it's, it's an She's it's only one arm. Doesn't she has a gun? Have a gun in the other hand? Doesn't she have one arm on nope. on his leg and a gun split, on the other
2: she's hand? Not 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 in the scene when they crash through the wall. Like basically when it cuts it cuts to rat trap. And you know Jordan
3: de- actually posted a screenshot of it. And, yeah,
2: yeah, and he de- basically deflates the moment. And when it cuts back, she's immediately up, and I do believe she has a weapon in her hand. Like it was supposed to be like a one-shot gag, I guess. I get what yeah. they're going
3: for. I just, it di- I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it's just me. I'm not saying like, I'm not saying you're, it, anyone is sexist if they thought the joke was funny. I'm just saying like, like it has sexist connotations to it. Yeah.
1: I think based on what we've seen in the past, uh, I can understand that. Considering she's been for the mo- for the vast majority of the show, I've found her to be this really kick ass character with these really kick ass moments, and then all of a sudden we get that sort of little screenshot. It, it was it was very out of character. But for the vast majority of this episode, I found a lot of the stuff was out of character. So I think Yeah,
3: it's true. It's yeah. it's just a personal hang up on that yeah. one too. Yeah. No. Well, it's a personal
0: def- hang up that it bothers me that you're offended by the star by the awesome <laughs> star wars poster, so Sorry, maybe I'll but- have to get past that um uh but uh, uh um you know, uh, uh, yeah Wait. you're right she i see the i see the screenshot of course i can't the the link doesn't work <laughs> on my computer, but I see the screenshot i see the screenshot yeah you're yeah uh she's not holding a gun i I don't I don't but yeah, this is a, this is a, um, I don't remember if I said this on recording or off recording. Um, this is a trouble, a trouble with tribbles episode. Uh, if you watch, yes. you know, if you watch the it's original series in the opening, yeah. If you watch the original series of Star Trek, uh, there's a couple episodes that are like that, but most notably the, the trouble with tribbles, where all the characters are cartoon versions of themselves. And I think that that's, that's true here. It's true.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Very much so. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely got, I, I don't know why, maybe they were just looking to do a filler episode.
0: No, That's they were the doing a parody I episode. Of. I think it was, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was, uh,
3: it was fun, it made me laugh. Yeah. Because mostly, I thought it was pretty cute and funny. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was, it, was, it was an enjoyable romp for the mm-hmm. majority of the episode. Yeah.
1: But yes, yeah, speaking of the episode, getting back to it.
3: So, we're not even halfway through it, yeah. and we're still talking about this heavy shit. Feels <laughs> yeah. weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're we're about a third of the way through. Um, literally, like getting back to what Optimus was saying about how at this point he doesn't really care. We've got Rhinox laying, sort of draped on the middle table, sort of like passed out at this point. His arms dangling. He's like, Ugh. oh, and then he sneezes again, and almost the entire ceiling comes down on the base, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny.
0: Yeah, they're yeah, doing some damage to the base frustrated. here, and the interesting and yeah. th- any episode where they do damage to the um to the maximal base is like that's more meaningful because the maximal base is a lot like smaller and more closed in than the Predacon base. Oh, Like the yeah. Predacon base is sort of built into the mountain. so if there's some damage here and there, like that's you know that's fine, that's going to happen. There they can deal with it, but like yeah, there's not that much. When you know when he sneezed, he broke the cr chamber and the and the elevator. Yes. Like those are key things. And the table. That was the other thing that he sneezed and destroyed. So like mm-hmm. and now he's now he's blowing <laughs> holes in the side.
1: Yeah. He's doing some serious damage. But um so yeah. From from here we then cut back to, to Dinobot or rather Dinobot's nose. And he's like, Wait, I detect a scent. vile corruption. <laughs> a whiff of a festering putrefaction. <laughs> and then Rat Trap's like, so I ate a Limburger sandwich for lunch. I'm a rat. Give me a break. <laughs>
3: He's Is like, a type of cheese. Yes. So yeah. Like, did he have bread? Like, do they make bread?
1: I, I don't. I'm assuming so.
3: <laughs> Probably in the replicator. I'm thinking, think, yeah. I'm thinking <laughs> way too much about this joke. I just think it's
0: kind of fun. To well, I mean, about. they, you know, they had to, they had to find the apple somewhere, the apple core somewhere.
1: Yeah, true.
3: That could be apple trees hanging out.
1: They've got beans, so. They got giant beans, so they got giant beans. I like that; those, those are beans. Be. They
3: don't look anything like
0: beans. <laughs> no, no, they look like um, they're uh, like uh, water sausages, prairie tails, yeah. or whatever you call them. What are they called? Are they cattails? What are they?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. cattails would be pretty close to. I'm not
0: outdoorsy enough.
3: <laughs> My water yeah. sausages was a sly reference.
1: <laughs> <laughs> are those like the really sort of like jelly sort of things that? Kids can play with.
3: Nah, uh, in, in, in in Undertale, there's a part where you're in Toriel's, um, you're in her house and you're reading her journal and she's talking about this like or like one of the books in her house and it's talking about uh like prairie tales or cattails and it just instead of calling them that they they call them water sausages.
2: <laughs> in the <foster> world, okay.
3: <laughs> They're mostly in marshlands and they look like sausages. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Good enough, but um. So Dinobot, um, after Rattrap admits to uh, having his sandwich, um, <laughs> Dinobot sort of gets a little burn on him. He's like, I have been uncomfortably aware of your stench for the past hour, vermin. He's like, this is something else. Something over there. And then <laughs> we, we cut over and it's Tarantulas who's hiding behind a rock. Yeah, and then <laughs> he pops scares up. him
3: off running away. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, I've been found out.
2: <laughs> he takes off like the Roadrunner.
1: Exactly. He starts bolting. Um, Rattrap, he's like, um, yeah, he's mine. And then Dinobot is basically calling after him. Leave battle to the warrior's mouse. And so we then get a scene of <laughs> Tarantulas, who he waves back at the, the camera and then hops off the cliff out of view. And is so, like, Bugs Bunny-ish. <laughs> and then we get Dinobot and Trap who... And this... Like, all things considered, this episode's been pretty wacky so far. But this is actually a pretty cool little scene that they had. Um, they both jump off the cliff. Um, it's yeah. probably...
2: I don't know, what would you say? Like, 20 feet high? It's definitely high. Like, at least, yeah. like, a story. Yeah. But it's they both. I think
3: I think Dinobot's like nine feet tall at least. Oh,
2: true. So and
3: like, it's so it could be like I guess relatively speaking, though no, it's probably that.
1: Yeah, but um, Dinobot
3: was person-sized. <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs>
1: but um, the, it's pretty cool because as they jump off and they're falling like through the air, they both transform mid-air and yeah. then sort of stomp on the ground. Not quite like a hero pose, but it was still pretty cool to see. Yeah, like they're they're both ready to go. They're both sort of in action poses ready to go. And uh, they're looking around and Tarantulas isn't anywhere to be seen now. Nope. And they're like, well, where did he go? And then all of a sudden the earth starts to shake. And then from the the ground literally is taken out from underneath them. It turns out it was a trap door that they landed on. (laughs) And then we get this another sort of wacky moment where cartoon they, physics apply yes they both <laughs> fall rat gun is literally spinning in midair, hanging in the air
2: like don't they hang in the air for a second before they fall like it's yes, not until they yeah. look down do they fall yeah which is very cartoon like oh I yeah remember, i remember a tiny toons episode where they were explaining cartoon That's physics and that is like the first law
1: yeah, they... you,
2: you, you can walk off a cliff and remain walking as long as you don't look down. Yeah,
1: actually, it wasn't even that they look down. Now that I think about it, they they look at each other and then they look in the direction of the camera <laughs> and run. then they fall. <laughs> and as as they fall, Dinobot lands first. Rat Trap lands on t- on his shoulders, and of course, there's this big giant riveted slide that they start going down and there is literally sparks coming out of Dinobot's ass.
2: Well, it's, it's a metal ass. So, yeah. well, yeah. yeah. So
3: metal
0: oh my, ass. if anything took me out of it, this scene took me out of it. Uh, I was like, I was like, are they, are they going into the Joker's layer? <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, I, and then but, I want to know, but then I was like, but then I was like, you know, if any character in is is the Joker of the of the Predacons, it's Tarantulas. So,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean. Here's what here's what I want to know. Where would he get all the scrap metal to make this slide?
1: <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who was wondering this because <laughs> I was thinking about that. I'm like, where did he find all the scrap to be able to make a slide this long?
0: The CR chamber. He like. They replicated slide <laughs> parts.
2: I was gonna. I was gonna say it's years and years of just collecting scrap from from battles and parts from people. Because I mean, his lab has that uh, waspinator arm just lying around. That's true. I'd like to imagine
3: that, like Megatron's, like, where did the right wing of the ship go? <laughs> and then, and then, uh, Tarantulas is like, Tarantulas is like,
0: oh yeah, the Maximals took it when we all pretended to die.
3: <laughs> oh, that, that makes sense <laughs> Yes <laughs> Angela's like, woo <"Whoa." laughs>
1: It's like, way to, pull, way to pull that off Shift the blame onto somebody else You'll never <laughs> suspect But yeah, so we, we get this little sequence Where they're, you know, zipping down this slide um, At one point, they sort of smash into this outcropping of rock and just sort of barrel through it, and it winds up winds up knocking this boulder out of place, which then starts rolling down the slide behind them. It's a little ways back, so they never actually see it. Uh, once they finally get to the bottom, uh, they're trying to like sort of you know regain their senses a bit. And Tarantulus is there; he's got his gun pointed at them, and he's like, "Playgrounds closed." Minimum, and he say- "I don't even know why he was saying this, but he calls them minimals, which
3: is great." Yeah, I mean, like it's 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 a shock that they took this long to make that joke. Uh-huh. Honestly, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: perfect, perfect insult.
1: <laughs> I suppose.
2: I thought it was, but it, it goes completely over their their heads though, because they're not even paying attention. Yeah.
1: Well, Rat Trap sort of goes. Well, this is the pits, <laughs> and then they the everything starts shaking he and Dinobot both jump out of the way as this big giant boulder comes in and just barrels into tarantulas. And so he, it's almost like Katamari where he gets stuck to the boulder. The boulder keeps rolling right into a rock wall and then traps like, Ooh, that's got to hurt. And then the rock, the, it starts cracking. The cracks were really creepy looking on that rock. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was almost like, it almost looked like water. Rather than like stone cracking or anything, but the yeah. the boulder, the boulder sort of crumbles apart. We've got Tarantulas who's sort of you know indented into the wall, and then he falls onto the big pile of rocks that's been created by this boulder.
2: And we see more of those little light light uh bulb bots.
1: Yes, it's more of the little light bulb spider bots. The, didn't we think that they were like his children or something? <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: which is a little creepy. Kendall, I think that was one of your theories wasn't it that they were his kids
0: (laughs) i I think that was in the episode i wasn't here for could be could be i (laughs) i don't particularly remember it i was i was just thinking that they reminded me of uh of the octobots when when dr octopus was like had the octobots walking all over the all over new york and watching everybody uh and i I was
2: wondering if and i was wondering if they like, yeah, we were wondering if they are if they can see things. Yeah, yeah. If they're cameras or if
0: they're just walking lamps.
2: Yeah. Like and I think I still think they can it's just walking lamps because uh because the episode we discussed is when Tigertron like, you know, finds that little cave with black Arachnia and, and them. Yes. And he just that was follows him. and he just follows one and yeah. no one ever and like he and he's still able to sneak up on them. So mm-hmm. and so it's not like that so it it didn't recognize. That's not that when a he goes guy. into
0: stealth mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: that is the first time he transforms using stealth mode.
3: Yeah. <laughs> ah, that was a thing. It
1: yeah. was a very weird thing. <laughs> Something that we never actually see again. I don't think. But yeah, so we we've cut from from this cave that they're now in. Uh, we cut back to the Maxwell base, and we're sort of looking in on the ramp that Rhinox is on when he got attacked earlier it sort of fades inside the ship. We see this light flashing and then it, it pans down and we see it almost looks like a booster cable that's connected to like power lines inside the ship
2: or jumper cable.
1: Yeah. And, and the jumper cable is sort of running all the way down to (laughs) it's attached to Rhinox's foot on the other end. So they're essentially trying to feed power directly from the base into Rhinox to keep his energon reserves going, so he doesn't de- deplete them all.
0: Life support. Um, yeah. yeah. They needed. A, they need to get. They need to get like a like a mini USB port on him.
1: Yeah. Get <laughs> yeah, like one of those battery packs that people use for Pokemon Go.
0: Yes. Yes. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Five below I have, has I have them. one of those. <laughs> yeah. Five below has them for like four dollars. They should go there. Yep. Use trans transwarp drive to come to two, 2016 and <laughs>
3: five below. <laughs> and I'm really glad that um, I uh, picked one of those up because and I'm echoing on somebody's right now. Hmm. Or maybe I'm not anymore. Okay. Uh, uh, sorry, listeners. I was really <laughs> glad I picked one of those up because the Nintendo Switch apparently has a pretty low battery life, so I'll probably get used to it with that too.
1: Uh, but yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, I've got one somewhere because my wife and I are playing pokemon go this summer and she had she got one from her work and i had to go out a, and buy one
3: yeah i got a really good one it was like 30 bucks but like it's got like two full charges for a cell phone in there so
1: oh wow yeah that's yeah. really good then all right but yeah
3: well now that they've brought back the
0: the power save mode you don't really need it
1: eh, i still find that it drains it pretty quick on mine my job just got an G 3 so uh-huh.
0: yeah i mean i can go i mean it, you, you also might uh, be able to walk longer than me cause you're in physically shape. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I can go, I can go, uh, you know, probably two hours. Uh, if mine's, if I go out, if I leave and it's fully charged and I'm cause I, cause you know, you spend most of If it's, if it's in power save mode and you don't use the, um, augmented reality, then it, mm-hmm. I mean, it seems, I don't know. It seems to last long. Uh, but I did have, yeah, I used one of those this, uh, this summer when I, uh, went to the baseball game with work and did not watch the baseball game just uh walked from Pokestop stop to Pokestop. stop That's nice. awesome
1: <laughs> actually it's funny cuz i got a Pokestop stop right beside where i go to my martial arts classes luckily i completely forgot to get it when i was at class tonight Aww. oh eh. anyway i had a charizard run on me last week i was pissed
3: <laughs> yeah it sucks i didn't One know ball I remember really close to the start of the game I had a nine tails that just ran away from me. I was like, No, nine
1: tail <laughs> One ultra ball. I hit it with the ultra ball and then it ran.
0: Yeah. I don't yeah. need a Charizard. There's a Charmander nest close enough to me, but uh um I had a I've had trouble with blastoises and Same here. And uh yeah. I'm I've got a war Tur- I've got enough squirtles to get a war turtle, but yeah. I don't know, whatever. I did get two of the A two of the baby Pokemon now that they're available so that's fun yeah
1: actually right. yeah i got one of the peaches this weekend oh. anyway what am i doing why am i <laughs> having us go up on this tangent? i'm
0: sorry i didn't get enough tangenting <laughs> while i was looking up uh apparently the wrong <laughs> websites
2: well i was just about to say i i was been playing sun and moon just got a sylvie on Ooh. yeah i I, nice. I got i got an EV and i i I was surprised because, like, immediate like I leveled it up just one level and it immediately evolved into a Sylveon. Like, wow. Must have really like, liked you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was... Like, I thought I had to get its affection, like, like all five hearts. So mm-hmm. I, I did, like, ev- after, like, every few minutes after, like, or attacking or whatever, I would, I would, like, play with it in, po- in, po- in Pokemon Refresh and, like, feed in stuff. Mm. But... And so, like, when it leveled up, it was only a two hearts. But apparently that was enough for it to be, like, you know, enough for it to evolve into a Sylveon.
0: Mm.
1: Hmm. There you go.
0: Yeah. There are, yeah. It might be, well, because Pokemon Refresh Refresh is not Pokemon to me, right? I mean, it's the the same, fills the same role, but it's not exactly the same, right? Yeah. Mm.
3: Yeah. It's a little bit better, honestly, because it can, can, like, heal status effects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I'll, I'll.
0: I don't know. I just can't, I, I can't get into Sun Moon.
3: Eh. I, just, I just can't. I'm so sorry that you couldn't. Okay.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we um, we get... Um, getting back to the episode finally. Um, Cheetor uh, makes mention that the the base power is down to 20%. So Rhinox seems to be sucking out a lot of power from the ship for, for life support. Uh, he, he makes mention that the sinus torpedoes are draining them dry... And that they're not doing much for the decor, or Optimus rather says that they're not doing much for the decor either. And the reason being is Rhinox is sort of in like this cargo hold a little distance away from them. They've got like those shields that we saw in that one episode. they got a bunch of them all piled up along with, oh man, did anybody else notice that the, um, remember those, um, the survey posts? Yeah. Yeah, they, they've got a bunch of the survey posts, a bunch of boxes, a whole bunch of the shields all piled up so that they've got like this little sort of force <laughs> inside this room. And Cheetor's got like this laptop and he's keeping track of Rhinox and trying to keep track of Rat Trap and Dinobot who have disappeared off of his scanners. And uh, so Optimus isn't overly pleased with that. So he, he makes mention of, oh better call tigatron and air he may have to we may have to take our complaints to megatron himself <laughs> and with that um, we're about halfway through the episode now so why don't we take a quick break
0: okay i just want to say sinus it. torpedoes <laughs> is a great thing yeah that's my <laughs> i think that's my new band name
1: that might have to be the <laughs> that might have to be the, the title for this episode we shall see
2: sinus torpedoes Yeah, cover band of John Constantine's old band. Oh, that's – oh, shoot. What is his – it was something – Mucus membrane.
0: Yeah, mucus membrane. That's right.
2: Okay. Anyway, (laughs) we shall be back. I want to be the very best like no one ever was. is my
1: We're back. So getting back to the episode, I made mention of uh, how Optimus had said that they might have to go knocking on Megatron's door. Very next scene, we see the King Lizard himself. Um, Rhinox actually, (laughs) apparently, as we're showing, or as we're shown Megatron, Rhinox has another Energon discharge, and it literally goes off like a firework in the sky. And Megatron is like, oh, so it worked. Yes. He's like, excellent.
2: And Pterosaur attests to it, showing yeah. his burnt tail.
1: Yeah, he's like, I've got the toasted tail to prove it. <laughs> so Megatron, of course, wants to prepare more of the virus immediately because he wants to infect the rest of the Maximals. And uh, Scorponok is quick to point out that there is a problem and that Tarantulus hadn't returned yet. And Black Arachnia then mentions that, and as always, he's encoded his data tracks and that she can't (laughs) access them. So Megatron being Megatron gets a bit perturbed and is basically like, then find him and start with his lab. Search everywhere, everywhere. I want that virus.
0: So, so I want to point out a scene that we don't see off camera. Um, Optimus (laughs) has just said, we're going to, we're going to go knock on Megatron's front door, basically. Mm-hmm. And Megatron has said, we're gonna go to Scorpion to Scorpion's lab. <laughs> to to lab. So do you think yeah. that Optimus and the and the team like did like their dramatic entrance in front of <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, nobody to was an there. empty base? Yeah.
2: I thought about that too. <laughs> yeah, but like, don't they have those auto guns?
0: Well yeah, they like fought, they like destroyed all their defenses, they broke <laughs> into the base, and then they look around and nobody's there.
3: I'm like ah, oh, I guess we won't just take this base now. Well, we'll,
0: <laughs> well, yeah, they already took everything of value out of it a few, you know, five episodes ago or
3: whatever. True. I mean, well, they got auto guns they could like permanently take out, maybe, but they just decided it wouldn't be good form, and they Or or maybe
0: they did, and we just wear. didn't see it. I mean, we don't know what happens in the next episode. Maybe there is no, ba- no more Predacon base.
1: Yeah, but as we know in the in the theme song, that Optimus has no plan. Yep.
0: You know, uh, that's no that's plan. a good point. That is a good yeah. point. It would be out of character for him to show good tactics.
1: Yeah, bam. So, <laughs> so we cut from from the Predacons back into the cave. Um, Rat Trap and Dinobot are literally dragging Tarantulas each by a leg, and one of his. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna refer to it as one of his children. Uh, one of his kids <laughs> is falling along <laughs> behind, lighting the way, so to speak. Um, Dinobot. Oh, and Rat-
2: daddy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I leave you! Where are you taking my
3: daddy?
2: No! There's more lining the tunnel, too. Yes. Like, if you look behind them when they're talking, you can see them on the walls. Yeah. Mm hmm. It's
1: funny because um, Rat Trap and Dinobot are, of course, still going back and forth a bit on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember exactly how it goes. Rattrap basically says that the day just keeps getting better and better. And Dinobot's like, yes, there is little. I enjoy more than hauling an unconscious arachnid through underground tunnels. <laughs> He's like, Oh, this is absurd. And then he winds up like sort of tossing tarantulas and kicking him. And Rattrap is quick to point out that they need him in order to get the counter virus hurt. And that knowing these ca- caverns that his lab's got to be around there somewhere. Um, <laughs> And Dinobot's like, I know nothing of the sort because unlike you, I do not spend my time scurrying through sewers. And this is where we get another back and forth between them because Rattrap then makes fun of his breath and calls him a Bronto brain. And then Dinobot says, You'll get used to it when I bite your useless head off.
3: <laughs>
1: and of course, at this point, like us. Uh, Tarantulas has regained consciousness. He gets up, shows die maximals, and just as he says that, and he's got his gun pointed at them, Rat Trap and Dinawat don't give a crap about him because they will yeah. slug him.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's great.
1: And then we I get the little we get the little Tweety Bird sound. Oh, and they say,
2: "Shut up!" <laughs> Their fighting does not concern you. Yeah. We're busy fighting. Leave us alone.
1: So, yeah, they basically knock him out. And they sort of go back. We we get like, from Tarantulas' point of view, it seems like very distorted. And like they're looking down on him at one point. And then, and we even got like the little sort of the stars and the little.
2: Yeah, it's like a little. Twirly,
1: almost like kaleidoscope effect. Yeah. Which actually segues. To Tarantula's lab, and this is where we get to see the picture of Megatron with the darts in it on <laughs> yeah. wall behind some beakers. And so we're sort of we're sort of panning around the lab at this point. Scorponok is like looking for this for more of this virus. He's literally just knocking over bottles, and he manages to find one of Waspinator's arms. He just holds it up for a minute and then sort of tosses it aside. It's like everybody's got spare waspinator parts, apparently. <laughs>
2: well, there's a lot of them around.
1: Yeah, I suppose so when you think about it, considering how many times he's died now.
0: Maybe they buy extra ones at the at Radio Shack just in case. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh come on! Like Radio Shack would carry that stuff.
0: Micro Center? They got-
1: yeah, I suppose Micro Center.
0: Gotta go to the corner
3: store and pick up some elbow grease. <laughs> and some headlight fluid? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they
0: only have the flag for sale. Aww. Guess I'll just have to bring that pack. That's what we need to yep. do. We need to do a bonus episode on the first season of Red vs. Blue. Oh. It's been
3: pretty fun. <laughs> it's pretty much the same show, so...
1: I think I've watched through the first... Four seasons?
0: I think there only were four. Four seasons.
1: Oh, I it. yeah, they're still making it now, or at least they just finished making it. Because I want to say that they were on season six.
0: <laughs> they must I have. Think. Maybe they. Maybe they uh, started back up at some point. Because in in two thousand eight, when I watched it, they were done.
1: Okay. <laughs> what What happened when you were watching in two thousand eight?
0: I don't remember. <laughs> it was
1: 2008. Yeah, okay. I'll,
0: I'll do, I, you know, I'll, well, it's on, there's some of it on Netflix. I don't know. I'm sure we can figure it out, yeah. but that's, that's yeah. okay. We can, we can uh, actually talk about beast wars for now.
1: Mm. <laughs> but yeah. So the, yeah. So the <laughs> Predacons are sort of going through Tarantulus's lab. Uh, Black Arachnea is looking around at a table and then she happens to, to hear an, a bit of an alarm and looks up to. I thought that this was wasn't this the computer that Rattrap had shot off the cliff at some point, like in that episode where Cheetor got caught like that. That same computer screen is there and it's alerted them that the Maximals are apparently approaching the base and it shows two red blinking dots on the screen and it zooms in. And of course, we transition back to Rattrap and Dinobot.
3: Yeah, the, the and the red lights on the screen become the red eyes of uh, Red Trap.
1: Yes. And okay, so
0: you guys are right. They're still making it. Uh, they're on season fourteen.
1: <laughs> Holy wow. crap! Wow.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay, that went know. a lot further than I thought. Yeah,
0: I suspect though that there was like a that there was like a a stretch of the first how you know four or five seasons or something like that that was like a self contained thing, and then they. They must have brought. I would, yeah, I wouldn't something. be surprised. I yeah.
3: think they. I think there was like a, a movie thing too. There might have been a, sp- a special or something like that. Mm-hmm. And okay. I think Monty Um directed a few episodes. God rest his soul. Uh So like, yeah, like they got some pretty cool stuff that they got. Had, had going on later because like, yeah. at the beginning they were just kind of like recording them playing the game right, in a certain right. way. And they got right. they got a little bit more crazy with it later. Yeah,
0: you can really yeah. tell that first season that that is them talking into their headset mics. It's so
3: good for what it is, though. Like, ah, I love it. Oh, Anyways, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's so something special about it. it.
0: There's something special <laughs> about And especially just like just the first season, not even beyond that. I think there's something there's something really special about it. Um, mm-hmm. But oh uh, yeah. I, 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 and, you know, that is we are the right age for that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we are the target demographic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have That's a Halo like show that
1: we are supposed to be reviewing right now. I have a Halo game. I should play it sometime.
0: <laughs> That is the game in red versus blue, right? They're playing Halo. Yeah. They're playing Halo Combat Evolved in the, okay. first, yeah. in the first season.
1: And eventually they start working their way up to like Halo 2 and 3 right. and
0: Right, yeah. right, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and they sp- yeah, cuz they specifically like talk about how much they hate Master Chief. Yes. Okay. Yeah. anyway, uh uh Beast Wars. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, yeah, we, we, we've we got um, Dinobot and Rattrap. They're sort of gabbing back and forth a bit. Um, apparently, they've come up with some sort of plan. They don't really make any mention of exactly what it is. Um, but Dinobot doesn't like it. And Rattrap's like, so you got a better plan? And he's like, no, but I dislike the idea of expiring underground. And then he goes on to say it lacks a warrior's nobility. And Rattrap's like, oh, hey, no sweat, because I ain't letting nobody waste you down here. That's a pleasure. I'm reserving for myself.
0: Is this, <laughs> his, wait, like, is this a scene where he mentions Silicon Valca- Valhalla? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's my other band's new name.
3: I don't usually <laughs> like the. One. That's he my band name, Joe.
0: Yes, he does.
1: <laughs> yeah, because he, he, it's funny. Because Rat Trap, um, how does it go? He grabs the light, and then Rat Trap's like. Or no, he doesn't even grab the light. He's looking at it as it's crawling along the wall. And that's when Ratrap's saying, I'm reserving killing you for myself. And that's when he, he comes back. You don't actually see him grab it off the wall. He's just got it in his hand. <laughs> and he sort of holds it up trying to make like the spooky face.
2: Yeah.
1: And he's like, oh, I appreciate your concern. But let me assure you, being shot in the back by a Maldorus Malodorous mouse would not exactly earn me a seat in Silicon Van Valhalla.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Rod like, oh, poor baby. So, so we sort of get like this little transition on the screen to to signify that they're being watched by Black Arachne, and it actually cuts to her as they're progressing through the tunnel, and she calls to Megatron, saying that all. Excuse me, all the Predacons need to report to Tarantulus' lab immediately. And that that they're about... Yeah, I just had a bit of gas. (laughs)
3: That's that's very uh, apt for this episode.
1: It is very apt, actually, as we'll come to find out. Um, But, so, as it sort of blacks out, and then we... Because this is where they would have had a commercial break, I'm guessing. um, When we get back into it, we see the camera sort of floating around zooming in on the Maxwell base, and then we see a sh- another shot of Rhinox's sneeze going through the ceiling of the ship. And then we get Air Razor, who's like, wow, now that's a wicked cold.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then we, we then cut to, to Optimus, Tigertron, and Cheetor, who are in the back with the, the bean vines, uh, talking about how they need to get going and that they can't wait any longer for Rhinox's to see. They'll have to... To launch a frontal attack. And we get Rhinox who who comes down the ramp. He's like, wait. He's like, I'm coming to and Optimus sort of manages to catch him and it almost looked like they were gonna kiss. It was so cute.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and and they're sort of like, Well, hang on there, brute buddy, aren't you a little under the weather? And he's like, if I'm gonna wreck the wallpaper, I might as well do it on pred turf and and also points out that is that ronox's power cells are still dangerously low and he suggests that ronox convert to beast mode and eat something to keep his energy up to which he agrees
3: which implies they can only eat beast mode which i like
1: yeah mm-hmm. so so ronox has transformed and so Optimus transforms into his robot mode and he starts flying off and Tigertron and Cheetor start running and Rhinox starts eating a bean.
0: Okay. So <laughs> so we see that we see that scene. Here's how I would have written the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um so they okay. go to the thing and they have the fight. The Predacons get uh get the upper hand. Also when the when the when Optimus and 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 team shows up, Rhinox is not with them. So they okay. they they fight um and uh and and the predacons get the upper hand and then uh and then we cut well the joke is i don't know how you would how you would do the joke but the joke is that Rhinox has eaten all of the gr- all of that green uh build up. and <laughs> yeah, he shows up points. he shows up and it, yeah so you either you know either you show him either you cut to him like finishing eating it or or something he shows up and and busts in and like you know defeats all the Predacons and he's suddenly cured because he just needed a, he just needed to eat healthy and have some rest. I, actually, <laughs> I, I,
3: had, I had a similar idea in my head where it's like, you know, you just needed to like, yeah, eat some food and, and that and that would take care of the, the greenery that was inside their place. And it would like have a circular <laughs> thing at the beginning of the episode, but no, that's mm-hmm. not, that's not, what
0: <laughs> or at least even if you did all the whole rest of the episode, if, if at the end they, they cut back and he had eaten everything. I think yeah. that would have been uh that would have been yeah. a really nice touch.
1: Yeah, like yeah, some sort way. of little scene where maybe Cheetor is like, "I can't believe you ate all of it, Rhinox. <laughs>
3: <So> otherwise that comedic <laughs> oh, you know, no, no, outside, outside me the, the ship is like, just I uh, can't
2: believe I ate the whole thing.
3: <laughs> oh, that yeah, that'd be a good one. <laughs> I I don't know if you guys cuz me and Jordan were talking at the same time and I hope you got Jordan's joke cuz it was better than what I was going to say. But, I was say. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it it that that that, that um that whole plant storyline is just left hanging now because like, they didn't like
1: lighten- the plant. And <laughs> That's it's not what I plant.
3: <laughs> yeah, But I yeah, I, I was going for. It, good job, Greg. <laughs>
1: I, I, it's my job to get one dad joke in every episode. Gosh. <laughs> and I make a little face when I do it every time too. It's like that, like that husky picture. Like I yeah. eat two, I eat two pieces of spaghetti and they came out tied in a knot. I shit you not. and <laughs> It makes a little face.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. I was, I was, those are that's a good meme. Yeah, good memes.
1: All right. Anyway, getting back to the episode. Um, so we we've then cut back to uh, Tarantula's lab. Black Arachnea has made a discovery. Uh, she managed to find a panel and managed to decode it and open up a sort of like container. And Megatron's like, "Oh, you found the virus?" She's like, "No, I found the counter virus." She's like, we should destroy it right away. And she's literally, she's got it held up. She's about to smash it on the ground. And Megatron's like, no.
0: Megatron's, <laughs> like, Megatron's like, no, that would make too much sense.
1: Yeah. He's like, no, we don't, we need we don't
0: to- want to actually kill the Maximals. <laughs> Maybe the Predacons don't have an endgame either. Yeah. <laughs> he,
1: he makes mention that a bargaining chip should remain in play until the game is over. Yes. And then we get the best line in the entire episode. At least from my standpoint and Black Iraki finally asked him why he manages to talk to himself. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he he says very snarkily, I simply have a penchant for intelligent conversation.
0: <laughs> that's also pretty good. That's a pretty good comeback. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh... So, so this this moment like it's it's a really nice touch because it shows that the show is a little bit self-aware and a little bit a little bit um I don't know if it's genre, I guess just self-aware, not necessarily genre savvy, but uh, like I always like when shows do that. And also it sort of shows that this is definitely an intentionally silly parody episode. Like it is not trying to be, it's not just trying to be a a normal episode that maybe has a little bit of a young skews a little bit younger or something. Like it is Uh clearly a parody of itself. Um, And I think, Mm -hmm. I think that's a really nice to, to sort of, say de- this is definitely a thing this is not you know this is intentional
1: yeah and i have a question does anybody remember what your pulp fiction came out
3: um before this for sure okay
1: it was yeah. before this okay because i got a very pulp fictiony vibe from the next scene
3: i'm just gonna look up pulp, pulp fiction f- to make sure but i don't know i remember that being
0: 1994 oh so yeah, it was so it was probably like relevant I mean was pop, was Pulp Fiction popular when it came out? I honestly don't know if that oh, was Oh god
1: yeah. It okay, won, yeah. won a bunch of Oscars, okay. I remember.
0: Okay, I wasn't sure because it's sort of a it's sort of a cult film, so I wasn't, you know it sometimes cult films are popular when they come out and sometimes yeah. they're they're not. Also, I was seven years old. Six six to seven years old in nineteen ninety four. And so
3: I, <laughs> I must have been too
0: I uh you know, I not the target audience for pulp, for pulp fiction at that point in my life. <laughs> Very true.
3: I, I remember being at a, a drive-in movie theater. We went to go see a uh, double feature and I, that was the first time I ever saw Pulp Fiction. Anything was there was a poster for Pulp Fiction at the movie theater. I distinctly remember that poster mm. okay. being up on the wall there. And I was around like, yeah, like Kendall said, I think we're in the same 88, right, Kendall? Uh, well, 87
0: end of 87 is what I was born. in. So we're pretty close. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm around mean, the same age as Kendall. We were probably and, both like, yeah. graduating class of 2006.
3: Yep. It's true. Uh, yeah, I just remember that. And like the, the double feature we saw, by the way, was a uh, Dragonheart and The Nutty Professor.
1: Oh God!
3: I didn't like The Nutty Professor at all, but Dragonheart I loved, and I cried like a baby. <laughs> I never was.
0: I never liked Pulp Fiction. I've seen Pulp Fiction twice, and I feel I've like I'm wrong. Fiction. Like I feel like I've I'm never- wrong to not like it, but I just didn't get it. Well, it, I mean, it's
1: not. It's not a movie for everybody. I I wasn't overly taken with it either. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it had some you know some quotable moments in it like yeah. a lot of the Samuel L. Jackson stuff like Royale with cheese and whatnot
3: yeah I like the I like this what like what language do you speak that whole like that whole dialogue is really funny yeah especially when they parried it in Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge I thought that was fucking hilarious <laughs> it may have
0: it may have actually <laughs> suffered my opinion of it may have actually suffered from uh, hearing it quoted a lot before I ever saw the movie Mm-hmm. but I just, I just didn't get it. And it should be cause I like pulpy stuff and I like slice of life stuff and I like weird stuff and I like indie stuff, but just something about it just didn't like, I felt like there wasn't a plot to it and mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I need to watch it again and my opinion will change. If I watch it enough times, eventually I'll like it.
1: It was an early Tarantino movie. So they tended to be a bit more, you know, bounce all over the place sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I li- like,
0: a- I liked Kill Bill. Okay, I don't think I think I think it simultaneously. Like, I I don't think it's necessarily right now super crazy highly regarded. But like, I think some people have got, had gone crazy for it. So I had it. I had over uh, we- my expectations were weird for it. But I liked Kill Bill fine. And I think that's <laughs> the only other Tarantino movie I, I've seen. So okay,
1: <sighs> man. But the the reason I ask is is as we're as we cut from from Megatron and Black Arachnia, uh, Scorponok checks the monitor and the Maximals are getting closer and we get a scene of Inferno, Waspinator and Terrorsaur who all immediately hold up their guns. Like the camera shifts focus to them. They all immediately hold up their guns and they start shooting. And it reminds me of a scene in Pulp Fiction where John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson like hold up their guns immediately and just start shooting. So... So, yeah, that, that's what it sort of reminded me of. And they just, like, they had to let off probably a good dozen shots or so, and just shooting into the hall. They haven't even seen them, they're just shooting. And Megatron brings up the point of stop shooting, there's no targets. <laughs> that, was just,
0: that was good. And then it cuts, and they're, like, just sort of standing there, like, uh, off to the side of the cave. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah a good they're just moment.
1: watching all the fire. They're like, uh, yeah. uh. like, oh, that was a thing. Megatron just looks so exasperated when he says it too.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's got he's, he does a <laughs> face palm thing.
1: Yeah, but. but yeah, um, so
0: no, no claw in this 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 Megatron not not holding the claw. No, no, nope. no claw. He just they just the animators just decided it was dumb. I mean, they were right. It is dumb, but you mm-hmm. know, gotta have standards.
1: Yeah. So Rattrap um, and Dinobot are both off to the side. Dinobot is sort of like, are you sure about this? And he picks up tarantulas in his, by his neck. And Trap sort of you know, has his arms up in the air. And it's like, uh And Dinobot says, hold your or, um He's like, cover me, vermin. So yeah, Rattrap's yeah. sort of looking at him a bit. And then he sees this sewer grate. And he scratches his chin, even though he doesn't have facial hair. He's like, hmm. So Titopot so goes to the entrance of the lab, and he says, do not fire, Megatron. I have a hostage. This is my favorite joke. <laughs> Megatron's like, why so you do? And he immediately, immediately shoots and destroys Tarantulas. Tarantulas is in pieces. His head goes flying. And Megatron is like, now, are there any other stupid maximal ploys you wish to try?
3: <laughs> I was like, really yeah. good.
1: And, and just as he says that, we then cut to the ceiling and there's this grate, and Rattrap manages to kick it and gets the drop on all of them from behind. He's like, well, how's this, Scalebilly? And he manages to shoot off three shots and picks the guns off out of uh, Waspinator, Inferno, and Black Arachne's hands. And <laughs> So he's like, ah, gotcha! And just as he says that, everyone's like, well, what's going on? And then this is where and we then, get. And these- then,
0: and then this is where, and then this is where Megatron shoots Rat Trap right with his gun that he has. That's what happens.
1: That's what should have happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to jump back. Uh, so I have this is the first Tarantula's death. I mean, besides the all Predacons death. Did he not get killed in the uh, in the uh, all in the
2: My sensors will adjust episode? I mean, I, I no, thought he, I thought he, he did. He, no, he yeah, got, did he, he got did he, his leg blown off, and he got buried under a rock and knocked the head out. But, like, he was clearly still conscious. He was clearly and, still and, conscious? Uh, okay. Yeah, because so he, was he just, dug he himself. Was and he was like, I hate that rat in the... Yeah, that's what it was.
0: Because yeah. I remember the, the way they did the, the leg getting shot off looked... It actually looked pretty violent. Yeah. Pretty yeah. graphic. Okay. Okay, cool. I, what, I just... If, yeah, that makes sense. What if,
1: what about the time where he got shot off of the, sh- of the Maximal ship by the Sentinel guns? Um, like he and Scorponok were, were on there and, and Scorponok starts chattering and then Tarantulas tries to move and he gets shot off.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Th- th- I, that may have sure. been – my standards for what counts as a death tally may have been higher at that point.
1: Okay. So um, you, you basically needed confirmation. You needed a yeah. body
0: yeah yeah at least yeah I mean the first I think there were probably'll I'll actually tick it up one just because I'm sure that that happened something something that I would now consider a death has I'm sure has happened to trangelus this can't be the first time that he that he yeah. got blown to bits mm-hmm.
1: yeah I would say so too <laughs> so yeah what, what winds up happening we we cut to to Scorponok, who is standing in front of this wall just sort of looking like Scorponok. And there's this giant explosion, which I'm assuming was from Rhinox sneezing. And yeah, as the dust clears, works. this is where we get the scene that we were talking about earlier. Uh, <laughs> very Conan-esque. Of Optimus is is like standing there with his hands on his uh. hips. <laughs> Rhinox is wiping his nose. Uh, Cheetor and Tigatron are both pointing their guns. And we've got Air Razor uncharacteristically down. Holding on to Optimus's leg.
3: It's just so stupid that like, they broke the wall down, and then she just what ran in there and immediately went on her knees to grab his leg. Like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> I know this episode's stupid in general, but ah. Well, it's
0: supposed to <laughs> not because in the next, in the very next shot, they're all in a complete. They're not in that position anymore. So, like, they That's weren't true. actually standing that way. It was just it's it was just the the, par- the You know, like the fakeness of it. Yeah.
3: yeah. Okay. All yeah. On our heads.
1: Yeah. So we get um, Megatron looks, you know, sort of concerned and then sort of incredulous as as Rat Trap sort of walks underneath his legs, like, well, rather in between his legs and pops up. He's like, hey, scrape bait, nice of you to show. But we've already been here and done that.
2: The music even kind of just like falls flat too. like the Mm -hmm. fanfare and everything. And then when he comes in and says that it just kind of just go just Falls down, yeah.
3: Matchup isn't right though. They don't have a handle on well, the situation. Like, no. except for still- three people, but it's still like two other people who have like weapons. Like I mean, yeah, but
0: apparently, apparently Megatron like thinks that they've that they've won. <laughs> like, like it's that's a that's one issue that I have with this show in general. Is it seems very arbitrary who's winning a battle at a given time, like. Like you can have you can have somebody yeah you can have Rat Trap show up and disarm all of the Predacons in, in in one in one fell swoop even though they're not actually disarmed and the Predacons are like oh no I guess we're losing now uh, yeah. it seems it seems very it seems very arbitrary or that you know the opposite can happen uh, somebody can show up and shoot Megatron directly in the chest and he doesn't even notice it like you know.
3: yeah. I, don't know, I think what would have happened if like these if, if the other Maximals hadn't showed up is that Megatron would have shot Rat Trap base and then they would have like all ganged up on a Dinobot, beat him up because the other Maximals show up then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, well, I think probably if they hadn't shown
0: up, the exact same thing would have happened. He would have said, "I've got the cure for Rhinox. You guys had all better surrender or else I'm going to destroy it or something like that." Like I think. Yeah. Or that. He, he probably would have had mm-hmm. the same plan.
1: Although one thing I do find funny at this point, as Rattrap said um, that the situ that you know that they have been there and done that, Dinobot salutes and says "situation under control." <laughs> like I'm literally looking at the screen right now, and he is saluting. He's got his arm up, his claws sort of
3: You're right right up his head.
1: <laughs> he does a little salute.
3: Oh, I didn't notice that before.
1: Yeah, but then of course he immediately looks shocked as Megatron. Is like I think not. No, for I still have the counter virus, and he's got it sort of like in his T Rex mouth. And he gives it a little squeeze and tells them that if they don't come, if they don't convert to beast mode and surrender, that their green comrade will soon go offline permanently. And uh, we get uh, Rhinox being noble. He's like, "Don't and." options oh, is like, no choice. Right now our first priority is your survival. And then he, he commands everybody to go to beast mode.
3: So was earlier, to, though. His first no. priority was making those two guys like, fight each other. And <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Like, so,
0: well, clearly, clearly, uh, <laughs> is,
3: so he's, he's uh, completed
0: the primary objective. Now he's got, now he's, he's it's the most important secondary objective. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so, I just want to say, why do the Predacons always make an antidote? Like, well, Some sort it of
1: makes sense.
3: Should, yeah. well, well, also, if, if they if they accidentally got like if one of them had accidentally gotten sick, they would have had to like. Fix
1: yeah, it. that makes sense.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, also, as as with most Predacon beliefs, sooner or later, one of them's going to steal the virus and get and have it used on themselves. So they better yeah, have I mean, an antidote to cure themselves.
3: M- yeah. Making a deadly virus and not making an antidote for it is honestly a really stupid thing. So.
2: Mm. Well I mean that's how biological
0: warfare is. I mean is there a when did when they
3: made anthrax did they make a cure for anthrax? No, but those are like so quick like like this this kind of like slow burn thing. I feel like they cuz it's like you get anthrax you're just fucking dead. Like it's not really a Well they should make a great. weapon like that. Yeah, that, that's true. That's, enough, that's, that's 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 just a completely different criticism. Though. They should just okay. give them anthrax. Well, I don't. Okay. I don't know. It just seems. I mean, I
0: I guess I understand. It just seems like, or or here's here's actually a better here's actually a better question. Um, why do the writers always resort to the exact same? The oh, the, we have to go get the antidote from the Predacons. Why can't they have the people do sciencey science? Like, be like, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna Experiment. I'm gonna um, science the uh, shit out of it's, this. It's, well, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, I guess maybe they do sometimes, but like, I like, I always like those those Star Trek episodes when somebody's when somebody's sick and they have to actually figure out they have to reverse engineer a cure rather than rather than just going over and finding the 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 vial that they shouldn't they honestly shouldn't expect to exist,
1: yeah. <sighs> I get where you're coming from. It just, it I don't know. It doesn't make strategic sense in some ways when you think.
0: Yeah, about it. Yeah. It either doesn't make strategic sense or it's lazy writing or both. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. And it's, I don't know why, what it is about. Cause I generally really like this episode. I don't know what it is about this episode that that plot device pushed me over the edge, but it mm-hmm. did.
1: Yeah. But we, we, we get, um, so we get, uh, Optimus orders everybody into beast mode. And we get a cute little line from Dinobot just before he transforms. Where he says, there are times when I would prefer to be a Predacon. <laughs> yeah. So he transforms, so everybody's in beast mode. And Megatron looks back at Black Arachne and says, you see, a big bargaining chip is always useful. But now the game is over. <laughs> we get Rhinox, who's like... Ugh. He, he flops down <laughs> on the on the ground. Oh, he looks sort of like Eeyore. <laughs> and Rops is like, "What's wrong?" And he's like, "Wild bean vines, hard to digest." <laughs> he manages to get himself back up, and he starts turning around.
3: <laughs> it's even a shot that looks like you see his butthole. Yes, it's just shading, mm-hmm. but it looks like straight up butthole.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Megatron, we cut back to Megatron and he's like, Do not turn your back on me, maximal scum. <laughs> he's like, Optimus' eyes go bug eyed for a moment. Like they actually yeah. widen very cartoony.
3: Yeah. Uh, I like and the then, animation of Air Razor backing up from uh, yeah, everyone, the Rhinox too. Like they're just, because it's a bird, so they walk funny. So she's yeah. like,
1: And of course we get a shot of Rhinox's back and his tail sort of up and all the other Predacons are sort of like, you know, sidestepping away from Megatron who's sort of in center camera. <laughs> He's looking at all of them. He's like, Oh no, not. That. <laughs> and then we get a giant. Ju- it literally cuts out to the planet. Like yep. we are in orbit <laughs> and we get this huge gas cloud. It's, and all, then like it's not a mushroom like little, cloud,
0: but it's like, it may as well be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Is like the size of a continent. And then we get like a little smoke wisp that's coming up from the land.
0: Fortunately, fortunately, tarantula designed the containment device for the uh, antidote to be able to withstand, uh, energy. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it's funny because we got Optimus who, who's literally holding up a hand and trying to wave the gas that's in the air away. And he's like, Oh, oh that did it. <laughs> he's like, let's go. Rat trap is sort of like digging around. He's like, not without the canner virus, and he's like and he manages to lift off some debris and it yeah, sure enough it managed to survive. And so he managed to grab it and then we cut back to the Maxwell ship. And we've got Rhinox now wearing this little
2: hat. It's it's a beer hat.
1: Yeah, it's a beer
2: yeah. hat. <laughs>
1: two straws. <and> yeah. <laughs> two straws. He's sort of sucking it back a little bit from looking around. His rat traps wearing a hard hat.
3: I'm well, more I, a fan of the hard hat.
0: I like that. Yeah. yeah he's, I mean, he's got to protect his exposed brain.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> he's doing some welding right now, apparently. And he, he makes mention, you know, a little welding, a little paint, and hey, it'll look like home again. <laughs> and then. Dinobot comes and he's like well that's just because you're used to rat hole and then he's like eh never ends does it <laughs> And we get Rhinox who who then starts to uh getting ready to sneeze <laughs> he literally does three sneezes it causes him to spin in his chair and then the chair falls over and he's like oh sorry <laughs> and Cheater's like oh it could have been r- worse right and then we cut to another shot of Rhinox's ass
0: yeah. Yeah. He, like, he, episode. Him, yeah. yeah, I thought he was going to fart. Like again, like a regular
1: fart. Yeah. Too. No, um, no farts.
3: And but, yeah, to be clear like he sneezes but it's not like they're not like Energon sneezes anymore. No, it's just they're just like sneezes.
1: Yeah. Sneezes strong enough to send him spinning in his chair, but yeah, not Energon sneezes. <laughs> but uh we 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 then cut to, to Megatron's face. It's like this is certainly the most Humiliating defeat of my career. Yes. And then we zoom out and all the <laughs> credit cards are sort of hanging from a tree. And then we cut the credits. So
2: Well wait, you forgot to mention uh Wasminator. Oh yes, waspinator He
3: <laughs> he's, he's
2: hanging like, on a dangling. branch. <laughs> and it breaks and he like falls on his
3: head and Yes. And this is not just cut the kind of credits, it has that whole like circle yeah. wipe. Mm. Like, Lincoln yeah style. Yep.
1: Yeah definitely a looney tunes uh inspired episode to say the least i would say yeah yeah just wasp in iraq he actually bounces he lands on his head and then he bounces away off camera
3: but he does groan so he doesn't die there
1: yeah yeah
3: and and this is Warren beast which is wb and warner brothers owns looney tunes so illuminati confirmed
1: there you go <laughs> boom do we just blow your mind
3: yeah theory for us to was was Professor theory.
0: Xavier in that meeting or did he miss that meeting like when they sent Hulk <laughs> to Planet Hulk? Uh,
1: anyway, so yeah, end of the episode. There you go. Overall, like we gave the vast majority, I think, of yep. our opinions on this episode at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, instead of at the end.
3: Long time.
1: But, but um, yeah, overall, I'm, I'm. It was different. That it was definitely a different pace than what we were used to seeing, for sure.
3: Yeah, it wasn't my favorite episode. I wouldn't even say it's a it's a good one, but it was enjoyable. But it was fun. It,
2: I mean, it was definitely a tonal shift. Yeah.
3: yeah. But, you know, it it's like, still it's like what the Japanese Beast Wars is all the time.
0: <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like this is an episode that I'm going to remember. I mean, this is probably going to be... If I, at the end, make a top ten or top five list, uh, this will mm-hmm. probably be whatever number of number of episodes, this will be on the list at a low number. So like, if it's a top 10 list, it'll be like number eight. Fair um, enough. But, uh, but I think that it, it's a, it's memorable enough. It's one of my favorite episodes of Buffy, the vampire slayer is Zeppo. Uh, it's a Xander focused episode before, yeah. in season, season four or something like that. But, uh, but it's a, it's sort of a, it's sort of a, uh, self-aware parody of itself. You know, I mentioned, uh, I don't like trouble with Tribbles, but um, I'm yeah. I Star Star Trek's too serious. Star Trek doesn't need to be a parody of itself. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to think. There's other shows that have done this where they do sort of a a self-aware parody episode. But I can't. Well, Sailor Moon does it all. D- d- does it a bunch of times. But um, Supernatural does it too. Yeah, I, I haven't watched Supernatural, but I it seems like the kind of show that that would.
3: <laughs> um, Avatar is a very famous. Clip show episode. That's a very good parody of itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, huh. you familiar with that one? The, the what is it called? Like the Ember Island Players? Maybe it, it, oh, it's yeah, pretty much like play? yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with the show, Kendall. Yeah, I mean, Lord
0: I've I've seen like I saw like three episodes of it. Yeah, well, I'm pretty, pretty much, much like
3: sleepover. it's like the best clip show ever because because it's not really even a clip show. Like usually when when they have like here's an episode that recaps the whole series. They have like here's literally clips from the episode while characters talk about it or remember it. This is like they show up to a play that is a recreation of their adventures thus far, but as a play
2: oh. so you get to see <laughs> and it, like, how and how others think things went or are these, yeah, these uh-huh. characters are <laughs> I still th- and, I, there were some really good jokes like I like how all the characters are kind of just like weirdly different from them, and then. Toph's character, like who's just you know the 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 small blind girl who's like really good at at earthbending. Her character just comes out and it's it's like a like a, a five foot no like a six foot tall wrestler or something like that.
3: Yeah, he's a giant and, buff dude.
2: Yeah, and like everyone was like mad about them, and so that and so they all just turned to Toph to see like you because know, I. I know she can't see, but they at least can. She can hear what he's saying and stuff like that. Just to see her re- reaction, and I think she just basically shrugs and she's like, "I'm fine with that." <laughs> I think mean, she says, "Like, I sound like a what, is it, do I sound like a
3: giant butt guy?" That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's a really good episode.
1: So we put out a call for questions. I think Jordan, you were saying that we did manage to get a few, didn't we?
2: Well, I have some from uh, back back when uh, I asked for and they were like the random ones that had nothing to really do with that yes. we still have the one from Cameron too if you want to start with that since that's more sure uh, and so, so Cameron asked us uh, how much wood would a woodchuck maximal chuck all the and wood a, a maximum amount
1: <laughs> Yes, there you <laughs> go a maximum <laughs> amount
2: and I would say it depends because if it's second season it would be a trans metal and he would be able to whip out actual saw blades and just go to town it's true. That so is true. I think like, he like would the, like the car uh, Mach Five with. The, with the... <laughs> so he oh, would man. he would
0: throw wood he would chuck wood, uh, but the, but then it would like regenerate into his hand. So he would be able to chuck an infinite amount.
3: <laughs> Sounds about right. Just
0: like Scorpionox missiles or uh, or Rhinox's guns.
1: Yeah. Oh, so like, you're saying that his weapons are wood based? <laughs> so he'd be like perfect. He'd be a perfect it, enemy for Alan Scott Green Lantern.
3: Or or Jason Jason the Red Ranger yeah I was gonna say oh. just Jason the Red Ranger
0: <laughs> Alan Scott's weak against wood, wood. Yeah. yeah I can, I think that yeah, sounds his familiar his
1: weakness is wood yeah he was Did the they... only Green Lantern that had that weakness
0: right right because of because he gets his power from the from the magic. weird thing yeah the magic yeah. Earth thing uh, depending on the depending on the the telling of the story but yeah
3: yeah yeah I don't think New Fifty Two Earth Two Alan Scott was weak against wood but like the original.
0: Yeah. Movie. I mean, he, yeah, he, cause he gets, yeah, they, they have completely different power sources. Uh, mm-hmm. I got a funny story about Alan Scott Green Lanterns, real quick. I was at a comic shop and this lady comes in and, and she says, and this was kind of, this was kind of before the, like the, like hipster. I like this. I like this before it was cool was like just everywhere, but it was <laughs> definitely still starting to be a thing. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm just saying I used the phrase before it was cool. Um, But, uh, but so like she was, she was talking and she said something, I can't remember if we were talking about, if we were talking about Green Lantern or if we were talking about new 52 or or what, but she said, oh, my favorite Green Lantern is Alan Scott. And I said, that's, that's totally the hipster choice to say. And she's like, oh, really? I didn't know that. He's been my favorite since I was a kid, (laughs) (laughs) which which is very much. I didn't get a hipster vibe from this lady, but it was I did think it was it was quite funny because yeah, she's because he is definitely the I would say of all the green well, now maybe Kyle Rayner is the it would be the hipster choice because he's been yeah, he's been basically written so. out of existence. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah.
2: yeah.
1: There you go, Cameron. There's your answer though. A maximal amount of wood.
2: Okay, and then some of these other questions, like I asked some uh some online friends on Plurk, which if you don't know what Plurk is, basically it's just Twitter on its side. So just to give you an idea, it's just another social chat thing. Um, so I'm just going to use their screen names here. But um, Dear Leisure asked us the best burger chain and why. Oh, okay. See, I
1: don't have a whole lot of, like, because in the States you guys have, like, In-N-Out. and.
2: That's true. Yeah. Jordan and well, I don't RVs have
0: In-N-Out. And- <laughs>
1: no,
2: not, not in I don't know. I guess I think Five Guys has some pretty good burgers. Like again, like it's not
3: over here at
2: all. <laughs> it's not where no. I am. Yeah,
1: we we've got um, in my in my neck of the woods, we've got McDonald's, Burger King, and W, uh, Wendy's, Arby's. Although I I guess you wouldn't really would you call Arby's a a burger? No. Oh God, we're know. not. We're not. Was Arby's Arby's was not, not a <laughs> Okay, we're not getting into this burger debate. We're not <laughs> well, getting into no, the No, no it's not
0: even well, a debate. Jules is wrong. <laughs> I mean, is it, Jules saying Arby's is hamburgers? Yeah, she said anything that's on a hamburger bun is a hamburger.
3: Okay, that's I that's I her I stance in the debate, correct? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. This is. Yeah, because I mean, like, I don't agree with that statement, but I agree that there's something as chicken burgers and stuff like that, which I think yeah. the other guys were saying there wasn't. So. Well,
0: yeah. there's a thing is that ch- what she was calling a chicken burger, though, was like a chicken sandwich on a hamburger bun, not a not a ground chicken formed, sa- for- not a chicken burger.
3: Well, I mean, like what I I think I've got the same thing, though, like like ch- chubby chicken burgers at A&W in Japan are just chicken breasts that are like breaded. Yeah. And that's a burger. We've got them
1: here in Canada, too.
3: That's right. I'm I'm, talk, I'm from Canada too, Greg. Remember? Yeah, I know, but you said Japan.
1: You said I didn't Japan, say Japan,
3: so. No, I didn't. Yeah. You definitely said Japan. <laughs> I, are you serious? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't believe you. I'll have to re listen to this.
2: <laughs> why what the fuck did I say Japan?
3: Well, I have no idea why I said that, but I meant Canada. Are you sure I, I didn't say over here? No, you I said in I... Japan. No, you said, yeah. Huh. What the fuck, what fuck? <laughs> chubby chicken burger? Okay. okay, go back in time and kill that Emily that said that, and, and have a, this Emily replace her and say she's a dumbass. It, it,
0: it, <laughs> it may be a it a cultural it may be a cultural thing that uh, that people outside of the United States call things different things. Um, but uh, I but I still would say that that you can't say that anything on a hamburger bun is automatically a ham- is automatically a burger, which was which was Jules' argument on the at least on the episode but
3: I, it, that's fine she I don't think I don't think Arby's is burgers but anyways yeah um, Arby's is like, burgers I've been to Burger King and McDonald's a little bit more than others but like I live in this town that has 2 A&W's and 2 Subway's and a KFC and that's it mm-hmm. and it's kind of bullshit cuz like uh the the person who owned A&W and the people who own A&W now are the same family but they pretty much like are on city council and they block any chance for like McDonald's or like Mm -hmm. and that sucks because like A&W is is good I like A&W like and I think A&W is a lot different than American A&W so I'm not really sure what the differences are but I know you guys don't have the burger family there do you we don't have A&W in Columbus you guys are missing out but yeah, it's really good. But like, I don't know. Like, it might be my favorite. But I've only ever had that really. I think I had McDonald's occasionally, and I really like McDonald's actually, even though it's trash. It's good trash. <laughs> and and um, I've I mean, I liked Burger King when I've been there. But again, I just I don't I I don't get it often enough to really t- say.
1: Yeah, Kendall A and W's got like they've got the Burger King Family, so they've got like the Kitty Burger, then the Mama wow. Burger's like single patty, Papa Burger is a double patty. And then the the grandpa burger, which um, is essentially if you had three quarter pounder patties in a burger, so okay. they've got a triple patty burger.
2: Yeah, like uh, the, the mama, papa, papa and grandpa. grandpa. It sounds like I'm tearing a family apart. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the, the mama,
3: papa, and grandpa are identical except for the amount of patties they have. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the top I, again. I worked at N W for seven years, so yeah. I know all the shit. So Wendy's, <laughs> oh, it's like Wendy's and has, and has a classic the... single, double, and triple. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then they've got an uncle, which is like a, a sirloin patty
3: burger. Mm-hmm. So. Which is relatively new. Yes. It, like whenever I started working there is when they first got those in. And then they also have teen burgers, which are like the same toppings as Mama and Papa, but they add in uh, bacon, cheese, lettuce, and tomato. And mm-hmm. then they have the mozza burger, which is a patty with mozza cheese on it, and it has a uh, burger sauce on the bun and just lettuce and tomato. Mm-hmm. And I think Oh wait, now they have the buddy burgers as well, which are like,
1: Oh yeah. They're like tiny burgers.
3: Yeah. They're kind of like the answer to like McDonald's is cheeseburgers. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, yeah. they're very tiny and they have like uh seedless buns.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so here's, I've got a, I've got a rather nuanced opinion here. Um, I live in a, a mediumly large city and I honestly haven't found a chain that I think has excellent burgers. Um, I think that, uh, when I lived in Los Angeles, uh, in and out is good, but overrated. Like, it's very good, but it's not, like, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't uh, sell my soul for an In-N-Out burger. Uh, Fat Burger is another California chain uh, that I really, really enjoyed. um, Thought had excellent, excellent burgers. Um, Anytime you go to a place and their menu consists of hamburgers and fries and maybe milkshakes, that's a good sign. Um, Once you start getting chicken fingers into the mix, that's, you know, that's a that's a bad sign. Uh, I do like Five Guys, although I feel like I've been a little disappointed with them lately. Um, I also uh, feel think very highly of Waffle House's hamburgers, and uh, and actually Steak and Shake has has a has a decent hamburger for sort of for what it is for like a uh, it's somewhere in between what I would consider fast casual and 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 street, just regular fast food.
2: Um, I was just there and had like a steak burger with a portobello like mushroom as right. well on it. It was that really good. good. Yeah, yeah. really good.
0: I mean, they're they're solid and their prices are really good. You get a bur- you can get you go through the drive through and you get a burger and fries for four dollars. Um, I mean, that's that's a good that's a good deal. Um, I will say, if anyone's ever in Columbus, Ohio, uh, the best place hands down for a burger is on Treby Road. Uh, just west of Riverside, uh, a, a little place called Johnny's. It's a, it's a little, uh, looks kind of like a broken down hole, not a hole in the wall bar. What? Cause it's stand it's standalone, but like, like a dive sort of place. It's like a pub. Yeah. Yeah. Like an and, pub. and you go in there, it's on the wrong side of the railroad tracks. You go in there. Um, once you get inside, it's actually pretty, it actually looks pretty harmless, but uh, when I was, when I, when my dad took me there when I was 18, I thought we were like, you know, in, in the, in the ghetto. Um, um, but it's actually like where all the, uh, cause there are, cause there's a, a, a fair number of like office buildings in the area. So it's actually where all the like yuppie people go for lunch, but they have, they have burgers there that are, that are the best hamburgers probably that I've ever had. Uh, it's sort of a, it's like, it's like what you would, what you want hamburgers at a cookout to taste like like it's they're definitely mm-hmm. like fire grilled and stuff but the the quality of the meat's really high and they take you know you order it you you know that they're really doing the real thing because you order it and it takes 15 minutes for your burger to come out because they're yep. really they're really cooking it for real and I, yeah that's so that's my that's my take there
3: i, I will say even if we go away from chains, which is i'm um, like while we don't have very many chains here we do have like i think we have most restaurants per capita in bc in the city i mean that's the the, mm. the way they say it because it's not a very like our downtown isn't super large but there's like so many restaurants downtown mm-hmm. but, like a lot of them have like hamburgers that are like more like like you said like it's it might taste like a cookout burger like it tastes mm-hmm. it, they're not fast food they're like quality good burgers right we even have like a we even have a, a thing every summer called burger week where everyone Every um, place makes, like, a special new burger to, like, mm. try and, like, get customers, and it's a little bit discounted, and, yeah, it's cool. Um, so there is a lot of, like, good, like, culture in restaurants here that is not chains, but mm. sometimes you just want a fucking McDonald's burger. Yeah. No, I,
0: I, <laughs> I eat McDonald's three to four times a week, so I, I know what you're saying. Um, yeah. Also, I want to honorable mention White Castle. It is where my wife and I go for Valentine's Day every year.
1: oh Aww. So. Aww
0: which actually I had better that's less than a month away I better get our reservations. You need reservations for White Castle? On uh, on Valentine's Day you do.
3: Okay. Oh, oh, cool. <laughs> yep. Hmm.
0: Strongly recommend it for anybody out there who uh is needs a Valentine's Day plans cuz Cause, cause the thing is the thing is it costs it's this, they do table service and it's really fun and they decorate the store and stuff and it's something you can only do on Valentine's Day. You can go to a nice restaurant any any night of the year. Especially one that's when you have money, uh, you know, this is something you can that doesn't cost that much money, and you can only do on Valentine's Day. We've done it, uh, cute. like five years in a row, six years in a row, something like that. I like so.
3: that. It's a pretty good tradition.
0: Yep. It's like, good when when, stuff. when you
3: first say like white castle and it, it kind of sounds like okay, but then when you put it like that, it totally makes sense. Like mm-hmm. You're totally right. Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. I think we've got time for a couple more questions and then we should probably hey, Joe call it
3: asked a
2: question that I liked.
3: Oh,
1: that's right. Joe did ask a question on the oh. Facebook group.
2: Oh, I missed it. Oh no. Hold on. I'll bring it up then. Was it, was it on, uh, the one you, you like for yeah. when you asked for tonight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. One second. Uh, while I'm bringing it up though, I can give you something to discuss. Sure. Uh, all, uh, the Mad Maiden, all one word, asked How does everyone know that keeping their feet and feet slash arms under the sheets will keep the monsters from getting them? Did... Well, I think it's scientifically <laughs> proven that monsters
3: hate cotton. I, I went one after. step farther when I was a kid as I, I had to make sure that all my sheets weren't hanging off the bed because then spiders could climb up them if they were off the bed. But they all had to be on the top of the bed, like no sheets over.
1: See, I would tuck, I would literally tuck my feet or the blanket under my feet. Yeah, and try and like seal myself in under the blankets.
3: I <laughs> could get real cozy.
1: Yes,
0: I knew the difference between reality and fantasy when I was a kid, so I didn't have oh, this problem.
1: Way to oh. pop the bubble.
0: <laughs> the illusions play on.
3: Wait, are you saying are you saying monsters aren't real? <laughs> you sure.
0: Oh, monsters are real. They're just not under your bed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They get elected president. Oh. Yeah, yeah, well,
0: that. Yeah, I was, I was being more subtle than that, but yes.
2: Yeah,
0: I guess you're a Canadian. You're allowed to say that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know there was a period of time when I actually just like slept upside down in my bed, like under the sheet covers with a with a light and made it like a tent. Aw, that's pretty cool. Anyways, um, so Joe asks. Well, first he asks if this is the one with the robot cold, right? And obviously yes. it is. So, <laughs> and he says, if so. What is your favorite superpower gone haywire due to illness story in fiction? Mm. I, I, I mean, like, I can't remember spe-
3: specifics, but I swear there was a character that had like fire powers. And when they had a cold, they had ice powers, but I can't fucking put my <laughs> finger on it. But I remember that being really funny. And like, uh, I mean, like, you know, how like when you're a kid and like you don't necessarily get to see a show on TV, but you have like a VHS of it and like you watch it over and over again. I had I had one that was um from Spider Man, uh the eighties cartoon. Not like not it was before Spider Man and his amazing friends, but it was after the sixties show. And that, it was Lizards Lizards Everywhere, wasn't the name of the episode. And Spider Man for the whole episode had a cold and it didn't I don't think it actually played into the plot at all. It was just like he happened to have a cold that episode and he like kept trying to get it fixed, but like he could never like make it to the doctors or something like that. But it didn't actually affect his powers at all. But I remember that episode pretty fondly.
1: Was that from the 80s or was that from the 60s cartoon?
3: It was not the 60s. Because it okay. was clearly like better animated than <laughs> that.
1: Okay. Because like, I, I, I seem to remember I, that from the 60s, too. I think they did an episode like hope. that.
3: But you remember like, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, which was him in Firestar and Iceman? Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. literally the same voice actor as that show and literally the same animation style. He just didn't have Firestar and Man with him. Oh, okay. I don't know what that series is called, but it was before that. And yeah.
1: I think it was just The Amazing Spider-Man, I think.
3: might have been called that.
1: Yeah.
3: Hmm. I had two tapes of that show. One of them was Lizard's List Everywhere, and the other one was like an episode where Dr. Doom takes over the U.N. Yeah, as so- he wants to do.
2: <laughs> so I can't remember a specific powers causing haywire I, but I do kind of remember like a like illness based well, tied into powers joke that kind of always makes me laugh, but still kind of feel bad. that it makes me laugh uh, was back when the, the tick was a cartoon on Fox.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> uh, there was like a, there was a bunch of like, you know, because he was sent to the city, which is basically a place filled with superheroes. So there's there's always a uh, sometimes quick gags of just various superheroes every once in a while. And one of them was like, you know, like the crime there, and it just shows this guy is like, this looks like a job for bipolar bear, Ugh, but I can't get out of bed today, and just went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, uh, it's kind of sad because you know it's making fun of uh, mental illness, but
1: uh, I just like to say me? that okay. I hope
2: bipolar bear is
0: so, on help these days. <laughs> so I just um. So I just it took me a little while to, to find this because uh, I wanted to be able to cite it specifically. The 2010 Spider-Man comic series uh, miniseries Spider-Man Fever. Um, I hope I'm remembering this right because uh, it's not saying it in the the, the description is not very good. Uh, but it's a Spider-Man Doctor Strange story in which Spider-Man gets hit with bug spray. And it causes him to have psychedelic hallucinations. <laughs> <laughs> and it says it says also I mean, the the actual solicit says Spider Man is abducted by a depraved tribe of spider demons to a bizarre dimension where he is to be eaten alive. Doctor Strange goes on a perilous occult quest to rescue his friend and tangles with some very peculiar characters along the way. Parental advisory. Hmm. Um, So, yeah, but yeah, I'm sure there's at least it may only be it may only be in one issue or something, but he does get hit with bug spray and goes crazy. Um, It's supposed it was it was evoking the classic Silver Age psychedelia of Steve Steve Ditko's Doctor Strange. Uh, It was just I remember
2: being a really, really weird series. Yeah. And uh, Joe had a follow up question. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you actually get a flu shot every year like we're supposed to? And he knows that he never does, despite attempts to shame me into it.
3: I I don't, but I just I don't know. Like I should, I guess. But
1: this year, I I, a- I,
3: I I don't have an at-risk job, and I've never got the flu. Yeah. Like 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 the the flu that like I've gotten cold and stuff, but like I just don't yeah. get it ever. Which just probably means I should take the shot even more. But I just, I don't know. I just never get a chance. But I I I know I'm shirking my
2: civil duties. <laughs> doing that <laughs> herd um, immunity is important
1: this year is the first year that uh, that I got it even though I I definitely should have been getting it beforehand especially with me having a kid um but yeah this is the first year I've gotten it um normally around this time of year we're now into February is probably going to be the worst time where I would normally catch something if there was something going around so I guess mileage may vary depending on how things go uh Last time I got a really bad flu was a number of years ago, like puking flu. Um, yeah. That would have been, yeah, that would have been back when Bin Laden was dead, or when he's alive killed. again. No, I mean when when he got when he got <sighs> killed. When they I, man, I knew. I, now I know.
0: Now I know why people aren't <laughs> fans of Obama. He did, he killed Bin Laden, but he also let him come back to life. We didn't let him. <laughs> the black lanterns came in. You know, I just that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, so yeah. if we had a Republican president, Bin Laden would still be dead. <laughs> oh,
1: anyway, <laughs> but yeah. Doesn't... Bin Laden was killed when I was really sick because I remember lying in bed and having CNN on, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about how he was how he was killed.
3: And you're like awesome. <laughs> That's pretty much how it was. Yeah. Um. My and I, and I will say my my mom she works at a old folks' home doing laundry. And she has to get a flu shot. Yeah. Right, that part. makes sense. Although it, it, it really messed her up. And I think she does this like alternate thing. Cause I remember it like fucking her up because that can do happen to some people, right? Where they get flu shots and they get yeah. sick. It, yeah. it? Yeah.
2: it
0: doesn't happen yeah. as much as it used to, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, I get a flu shot every year. Uh, I ever since I got diagnosed diabetic because I'm like, that's like an immune system. Isn't as good disease. So uh, yeah, I get it every year and I don't know if it's because I'm not constantly around sick people like in you know college in high school and then dorms and stuff because uh, it was I happened to get diagnosed when I around the time that I was no longer in those types of environments but I don't ever get sick anymore except for when I do but not like except bad. for when you do yeah I mean you know not like bad sick
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: I think it made a difference
1: hmm. yeah there you go we answered your questions Joe
2: <laughs> have time for one more then one more sure. Okay. Or more um, than I
1: think it's going to be bedtime.
2: <laughs> okay, so Sunny Underscore and Rainstorm asked us, Is it more commonly slash widely accepted to pour the cereal into your bowl before putting in the milk or to pour the milk in before the cereal? Oh, definitely cereal, then milk.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, know, I remember watching that one video where they show someone do that. He was just like, he was just like, you're a fucking
2: psychopath. <laughs> yeah. doing Here, here's
1: my line of thinking with it, because if you put the milk in first, then the cereal, then you have to try and squish the cereal down into the milk to get it to soak properly.
3: There's like literally nothing you do that with. Like, I mean, I, mean, I guess maybe soup when you're cooking soup, you put like noodles into it. But like if you're making like, I don't know, like if you got like. A sauce or something you put the sauce on the thing you don't put the thing on the sauce you know i mean like and and like milk isn't a sauce right but it's like yeah like you, you add the liquid to the dry you don't have the dry to the liquid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean i mean that's the thing that's the thing actually i would say milk if you're gonna say is milk a sauce or is milk a broth i would say that milk is definitely a sauce because when you're putting milk on cereal you're just trying to wet the cereal you're not trying mm-hmm. to you're it, it's it's not it's not a soup like you're not trying to drown your your cereal in milk no, and you're not and it, yeah and plus like you wouldn't you're eating this. The other thing is like you wouldn't know how much milk to put in if you didn't have the cereal there because mm-hmm. you want to eat a
1: volume displacement.
0: Yeah Hold you want to eat a cup of cereal you don't
3: care how much milk you drink. Mm-hmm. I mean the cereal is the good part. I mean I love milk so I often will have a glass of milk with my cereal so I have more milk. Because I love milk <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that's I mean you know that's your prerogative uh, I don't like milk, but, but even still, I don't drown it but still Literally, the yeah. cereal is the cereal like the if yeah. you want to have if you want to also have a beverage that is is similar to the sauce that you're putting on your cereal <laughs> then that's you know that's understandable It's like eating uh, I can't think of another example that's re- relevant, so move on.
3: <laughs> I guess if you had a pasta and was also drinking V8, that's kind of weird. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is fine. The- <laughs> it just sounds kind of yeah, Well, I guess
0: if you were if you if you had like a, I I could see like you having a salad and having a V8 to drink. That's that's probably. Oh, absolutely. I guess the thing yeah. is you're not usually if you're if you're eating something sweet, you're probably not dr- also drinking something sweet and and if you're and if you're eating something savory, you're probably not drinking something savory. Mm-hmm.
1: True
3: enough.
0: I guess you could have like a chocolate you could have like a chocolate milk with your chocolate cake.
3: Oh, it's good. <laughs> yeah.
0: That seems socially acceptable. Even if I personally wouldn't do it.
3: Not not I mean like personally I think like if you have cake or like cookies or something and you don't have coffee or milk accompanying it in whatever way, it's like it's still could I guess, but it's it's just it feels it's like not as betraying good. yourself. <laughs> I like having a
0: hot bitter liquid with my, with my sweets, like either, either a yeah, coffee or a tea. Yeah, Like coffee and cake is, um, is, is acceptable but, to me. But I, also, <laughs> but I also will eat,
3: especially cookies, I'll eat just by themselves. I need milk with them. I, I can, but it's just like this feels wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So there you go. There's your questions answered this week, folks. Uh, anybody got anything that they want to plug this week?
3: Uh, just the usual. Uh, catch me on Twitter at this is emeralds with an S and Instagram, of uh, this is emerald without an S, and then dangerchair.tumblr.com for my art blog.
2: Cool. Uh, I'm gonna plug uh, turn to page again because they're still doing stuff. a set of and they just recently opened up like their uh, Jesse Cooper's trying to see if people are interested in like stickers and T-shirts, so he's made a small red red bubble store and one of the shirts has the fat psychic pigeon on it
1: i saw <laughs> that link i saw the link that you said that. i thought it was so cool
2: which apparently like it was in one of the i can't remember which episode it was but they basically were like talking that instead of it's like you the reader imagine it as like a a fat psychic uh pigeon that was actually going through the choices of the book <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's like there's there's it's a it's a neat podcast and it's a lot of fun oh yeah how
1: about you kendall you got anything you want to play
0: uh so as always my youtube channel k hallman k-h-a-l-m-a-n uh for for ukulele videos and twitter uh is at k hallman k-h-a-l-m-a-n also uh i believe it's going to post on january 30th so uh when this goes up it will probably won't be up yet but uh Jordan, Emily, me, Mike from Teenagers with Attitude, Matt from Teenagers with Attitude, and uh, Emily from the VGM Jutebox podcast did a yes. did a Teenagers with Attitude bonus episode on the nineteen ninety six nineteen ninety nine Sonic the Hedgehog movie in which um uh, is which is uh, was really long and stuff uh so i, I hope that episode's that. out by now
3: or at least one of the parts of the episode is out.
0: i think yeah i thought he said i thought he said he was posting he was planning on posting it on the 30th but i might i might have i might have miss misseen that uh but
1: well, uh we're gonna yeah. have this episode up on it's going to be the 21st, so, so it'll be yeah. probably nine days later.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and if Or it might be up sooner than that. Uh, if you're listening to us and you're not listening to Teenagers with Attitude, um, that seems like a very small portion of the Venn diagram.
3: <laughs> um, but
0: uh, if you're listening to us and you don't listen to Teenagers with Attitude, please uh, message us and tell us how you found out about us. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, actually, yeah, I'd be very, very curious
1: about that. Yeah. Um, of course, I'm going to plug the, the network that we and Teenagers with Attitude and a bunch of other podcasts are on. It's uh, called Audio Entropy. Um, if you want to check out uh, us, Teenagers with Attitude, uh, totally reply, re- reply, yeah, bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> totally reprise, uh, let me tell you about Homestuck, let me tell, me, tell you about Evangelion, uh, Going Pear Shape, uh, Digimon, Digital Moncast, uh, we've got a bunch of podcasts on that network. Uh, If you want to check us out, audioentropy.com. And of course, as always, if you guys want to send in your questions, you don't always have to wait for us asking for questions to come in. We're always checking the Twitter and Facebook page. Uh, So if you want to check us out, we're on Facebook. Uh, If you go to facebook.com slash group slash Warren Beast podcast, we are there. Uh, Twitter, we are at Warren Beast. I think it's just at Warren Beast. Yeah. It's just at Warren Beast, I believe. But uh, if you still use email, because I know not a lot of people use it anymore with social media being the way it is, uh, if you want to send us an email, we are the at WarrenBeast Podcast at gmail.com.
3: So uh, the first ad part, just WarrenBeast Podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: But yes, there you go. Um, but yeah, it's been another week, been an interesting episode. And uh, as always, uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or if you just want to use the RSS feed, we've got those on the uh, Audio Entropy website also. So you can just click on the page and you got a direct link and you can copy the RSS shortcut directly into your podcast player. Uh, so, yeah, it's been another week. Uh, and for Warren Beast, I have been Greg.
2: I've been Emily, and I still don't know why the fuck I said Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Jordan. And I've been Cheese Lips.
1: there you go let's roll
0: meep meep